2C. Wake Up Springfield on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. I don't want to hear or see the Republican Party. It is terrifying. The hypocrisy is just running rampant. Because tonight is gas rationing the answer. Yep, well, Fargo, you, do you know what environmental racism is? They were wrong, and Donald Trump was right. Well, I think your listeners are some of the smartest listeners in America because they have the information that comes across your radio waves. All right, all right, all right. Well, how many lives per sentence do you say? Do you have a quota? Uh, are you a death-on-demand kind of guy, Dave? Can you, can you answer yeah, my question? Yeah, how many lives per sentence? Ooh, scary. This is Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Yes, good morning this morning. Good morning, my people all across the land. Cass, am I coming through this morning? Can you hear me at all? Loud and clear all the way from Lake of the Ozarks. (laughs) We're here at Margaritaville. Here at Margaritaville this morning, and I am fully remote, truly remote. Boy, am I remote. Uh, Over here at the uh, beautiful Lake of the Ozarks, let me tell you what. uh, If there was ever a COVID pandemic that shut the world down, everyone has completely forgotten about it here in mid-Missouri. The place is packed to the rafters. There are so many events and conferences and groups, and I think there's a wedding or something here. I mean, it is, got here yesterday around, uh, rolled in around five o'clock or so. I skipped my, I had to skip my afternoon show that I do in St. Louis in order to get that. I was like, okay, it's going to take me, you know, it's about a two and a half hour drive from Eureka. And there is a lot of construction going on, on interstate 44 and pretty much everywhere else. And then I cut up through, I come all the way down almost to Springfield. I was uh, just north of Lebanon, and there's an exit there called the sleeper exit. There's nothing yes, there. Exit it's just 135. A, uh, yep, 135. And there is nothing there, right, Don? It is just a four-way. And yeah. uh, you, cut, you cut across country north to 5 Highway, to Highway 5. How do you say it? Do you say 5 Highway or do you say Highway 5? I say Highway 5. I had this uh I had this uh discussion with former Senator Bob Onder the other day. We were up in um Camden, Missouri, almost due north from Springfield, uh, north of I seventy, way, way due north of Springfield, up near Kansas City. And there's a lot of people <clears throat> in Missouri, in certain parts of the state, that put the number or the letter before the highway. Have you ever heard that where people will say I've five that. highway yeah. instead of highway five? I've heard That's that. Weird. It is. It, it, it is very. It's like the whole. I'm telling you, Missouri. it's the same people that do Missouri. I'm convinced of that. You know. <laughs> Ugh. Yeesh. Everyone, when I travel, <clears throat> I'm getting off on a tangent here. Let me tell you. Okay, I want to tell you about the whole Missouri, Missouri thing. I got. A, I have an interesting observation on that. First of all, though, we've got a very jam-packed show today. I am live from Margaritaville, Lake of the Ozarks. I'll tell you all about what's going on down here and why I'm here. But we've got our, of course, fantastic regular programming today. We'll have Tim's top three at, at uh, parts one, two, and three at six oh five. 
7.05 and 8.05. At 6.35, we expect to be joined by the one and only Tony Colombo of News Talk STL. Eric Burleson, Congressman Eric Burleson, will be joining us at 7.15. And Ethan Forhats of Convoy of Hope, as we promised you yesterday, will be joining us at 8.15 this morning to talk about all of the natural disasters. You know, I, I think it's really great that we're having Ethan on because... We have largely been blessed here in southwest Missouri, and honestly, across most of the state. In the eastern side of the state, we've had quite a bit of hail this spring, but you know what? Stuff can be replaced. Things can be fixed, and the storms were not horrible. You know, we had some golf ball-sized hail in certain parts of the state, I know. I know some parts of the state had larger, but, you know, we did not, we did not nearly have the tornadic activity and uh, the violent storms that they have had in parts of of the United States around us. The South and the East has gotten battered uh, throughout this spring and summer. I was talking to somebody uh, in the Northeast the other day who said it's just been raining cats and oh, it was my buddy um, Andre. I talked to one of my my former my former uh, I was going to say one of my former friends. No, he's still my friend. Uh, <laughs> he hasn't he hasn't declared himself a former friend of me yet. Many <laughs> um, probably don't want to. I have. Uh, so no. That's not nice. It's not nice at all. Uh, my good friend, Andre Cushing, who is a former state senator from Maine, I was speaking with him yesterday because he and I are both going to be in Florida uh, at the end of the month at the ALEC conference. I frequently have ALEC guests on here. Jonathan Williams, their chief economist and others. So uh, Andre works for ALEC as well. We're both formers, right? We're both former state legislators. He, he works on a lot of the local government stuff. And I work on more of the state-level policy positions and things like that. We're all part of the vast right-wing conspiracy. Uh, and uh, Andre was saying he has gotten so much rain. So lake life, I don't know if you guys all know this, guys and ladies. Lake life up in like Maine and um, Vermont, New Hampshire, is just as big as it is here in the Midwest. And you know what's funny? Up in that part of the country, if you ever listen, like this was a big deal when Bernie Sanders was more in the news, and uh, after he took his payout uh, from the 2016 election, and decided really not to run against Hillary Clinton. Yeah, that happened. I, folks, do you do you have do you do you ever wonder how Bernie Sanders became a millionaire after the 2016 election and uh, suddenly ended up with three homes, Mister Mister Socialist Pauper, right? Avowed communist. Yeah, he likes capitalism and he likes stuff too. Uh, they call their their lake homes or their like. Uh, condos or whatever they have. Everything's called a camp. So like when you first hear them talking about, it, you're like, wow, why does everybody in the Northeast have like a camp that they go to? <laughs> that's what they, that's what, that's their common parlance for their like lake house. They call everything's called a camp. It's just like the word that they use. Anyway, Andre said that at his, uh, he's got a little lake house, he said, and uh, it rained so much. The dock, you know how docks have like slats in them you know he said the um it, the the water was so high the dock was floating and the slats were coming up in between that's how high the lake was so anyway lots of parts of the country have had all sorts of natural disasters ethan foreheads is going to break all that down for us at 8 15 and how you can help you should help convoy of hope is an international organization based right here in springfield missouri which is really impressive and they help people all around the country 
Whew. We'll also talk a lot of uh, sports. Don mentioned the uh, the Cardinals and the Royals during the break during the uh, during the news break. There, we've also got information on the golf tournament this weekend and tons of political and public policy stuff. And unfortunately, as Cass predicted yesterday, no more submarine. Yeah, that broke that broke yesterday afternoon. And you know what? You know who I saw? You know who I heard yesterday on the big Fox as I was driving down here? I was streaming a little Fox News, driving down to the lake. Dakota Wood was on the big Fox yesterday. The guy who we had on yesterday morning, we bring you all the best guests in the land. Dakota Wood was talking about um, the uh, summary. I don't know if they knew at that point. Let me think when he. Yeah. Yeah. At that point, they knew that it was um, that it was no more that it had. Here's the deal, folks. Why were we kept in the dark for so yeah. long? I mean, does they everything on, have to be a conspiracy theory? But it is. They knew on Sunday that it was no more. They had a good idea because they detected, you know, that implosion. And uh, but they did say that, you know, they couldn't be 100 percent sure that's what it was. But they used that implosion to focus their search area around it. So I think they had a good idea on Sunday that it had imploded. I did hear so, though that it was really yes. quick, and they wouldn't even have known what happened. Well, and that's the that's, no I mean, that's correct. That, that's to me in a humane situation. That yes. that's a lot better than than suffering for those several days underwater. Yes, yes, these people did not suffer. And what Dakota said was because somebody somebody asked him the question on the program yesterday, and and remember when we had Dakota on in the morning, we did not yet know that they had confirmed that the vessel had imploded. So by the afternoon, when they did know that information, I think it was Trace Gallagher who was uh, sitting in for Brett Baer yesterday. Trace asked Dakota, so how did we detect this explosion of the implosion on Sunday? And, and, why, and why didn't we all then know about it? And Dakota said, well, probably because... Now, here's one theory, then I'll give you the conspiracy theory, which is more fun. Uh, the one theory is that the U.S. government, the U.S. military, has all sorts of secret, sensitive listening devices all along the ocean floor, especially in that part of the Atlantic. Why? They're listening for enemy submarines. Submarine technology these days is designed to be extremely quiet, right? If you ever, if you ever watched any of the famous submarine movies, right? They they go into like they go into like stealth mode, and the screws, the um. Not screw screws. The um, they call them the screws. The uh, propeller, the props. They call the props the screws, right? The big giant props. They have like a a stealth mode. It's shielded. It's supposed to be really quiet. So our submarines, military subs, they're they're always trying to get to the point where they're almost silent. Well, so in order to combat that, everybody then puts high level listening equipment on the ocean floor to try to detect the faintest whatever signal relating to a sub so dakota said yeah we heard we knew there was an, an an implosion on sunday the problem is whether or not you can disclose that because of course the people that heard that are high level security clearance type military people and you're not supposed to let people know that you've got this equipment and this you know, everybody kind of knows it's all there but it's one of those things where you're not supposed to broadcast on the rooftops so he said it was a military issue that had to slowly kind of come out. And what Don said was true, too. Just because you heard something doesn't mean it was that vessel that exploded, right? But they had an idea. The conspiracy theory that Kat Turd, one of our favorite conspiracy theorists oh on boy. 
Twitter was talking about was, and this kind of makes sense. Um, did they want the the next three days to be consumed with sub search while we dealt with Hunter Biden and his ridiculous plea deal to various criminal offenses? You got to wonder. Hunter Biden, by the way, was at the state dinner last night, yucking it up, having a great time, partying on your taxpayer dime. As more and more information, folks, has come out about the ever-deepening ties of the Biden criminal crime family and all sorts of nefarious things around the planet. Guess who did an incredible thread on this that I'm going to read through this morning? One of our own congressmen, Jason Smith. Jason Smith from Missouri, who is in the 8th Congressional District, which is just to our east. Many of you listen to us from the 8th Congressional District. He was all over the news yesterday. He did a uh, press report. He did a presser. And he was interviewed, and he did a thread on Twitter uh, breaking down the latest of the Biden criminal crime family. So did the Bidens use this sub to distract from everything involving them? I wouldn't put it past them because they're horrible human beings. we got a lot to other to get to uh, as well today, uh, including the fact that um, <clears throat> Lauren Boebert is continuing to push forward on an impeachment of Joe Biden. And uh, let's see. So we got the Hunter probe. We've got... Uh, the impeachment of Biden. We've got the submarine and um, da, 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 and oh, oh, and now we have the LGBTQ XY one, two, three plus community. Now they're upset at Anheuser-Busch because of something that one of the AB execs said about the lessons they learned from going woke with Bud Light. Wow. AB InBev. They can't win for losing, that's for sure. All right, let's get to a uh, let's get to a national anthem. How about we do that? And then uh, when we come back, we'll talk lots more. Cass, who do you have for us today? Miss Jewel. Jewel, fantastic, folks! It is Freedom Friday. Welcome to the weekend. We'll give you that weather update, uh, courtesy of Don Luzader and Jeff from AccuWeather around six fifteen ish. Until then, though, we'll begin this morning as we begin every morning here in the land of the free because of the brave at ninety three three AM five sixty KWTO with our national anthem. <laughs> Twilight's vast gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight O'er the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly
Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Join me weeknights from 9 to midnight on KWTO. Just a young gun. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Fit the box, fit the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning. There are still unknowns about how the passengers and crew of the Titan met their end. The ROVs will remain on scene and continue to gather information. Coast Guard Rear Admiral John Mauger says there are hows, whys, and whens that must be found out, much of which can bring closure to grieving families. Making sure that um, they have an understanding as best as we can provide of uh, what happened. Oceangate, the operator of Titan, called the passengers true explorers and have asked that their loved ones be given privacy to grieve. Gernal Scott, Fox News. You know, it's a horrible situation. The thing is, though, I don't want to get too wrapped around the axle on this and only talk about this today because I do view this as a distraction. It's a horrific distraction. Please don't consider me insensitive, but everybody who got on that sub they they knew what they were getting into, right? And you know the one the, the one that I feel horrible about. Why in the world did they bring a 19 year old young man onto that sub? Everybody else, I believe, uh, there was one guy on there who's done like 30 dives or something. I mean, these are adventurers, these are explorers. This is just because you're 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 seemingly in some big some that's not that big, but just because you're in this like capsule that you think is impenetrable, this is this was no less dangerous than trying to climb to the top of Mount Everest, which is something that you have to train for, prepare for, and better be in good shape for, or you will die on that mountainside, you know, as so many have done. So just because I, I think I think we view this differently because we're thinking, oh, they're just in this capsule, right? And it's made of metal and it's impenetrable and it'll go down and then it'll come back up and they'll just be fine. They'll be like an elevator, right? No more dangerous than an elevator, much more dangerous. You're going down to a level where that sub, that, that submersible, it's not a submarine, that submersible is experiencing 6,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. That was the number I heard multiple times yesterday, so I'm going to take it as true. Um, I don't want us to get distracted, though, from everything that's going else on in the, in the, on around the globe and the planet. These were, unfortunately, five lives that have now been lost. This is horrible. But let's also remember, these people, uh, as Cass said, probably experienced nothing. The pro- their last thoughts were probably experiencing the wonder of the deeps of the ocean blue. They were doing what they loved to do. An implosion at 6,000 pounds of pressure per square inch is instantaneous death, right? And it's horrible. But as Dakota told us yesterday, and he repeated it yesterday on the Big Fox, this submersible was supposed to be something that was newer and more, quote, advanced. But they did, because of that, it was a bit experimental. And it had not gone through the rigors of certification that most of these devices do, if not all. So they kind of, the whole thing seems like it was extremely, extremely risky from the start. Here's the headline. U.S. Navy detected Titan sub-implosion with top-secret acoustic system the day the vessel went missing. Now. They didn't have to tell us on day one, yep, there was an implosion, it was the sub, and everybody's dead. But shouldn't they have disclosed on Sunday that there was an implosion? 
the U.S. military not disclosing that for some reason? And who gave that order? Like, why did it take until Thursday for them to even disclose that there had been an implosion? That makes you wonder. And during the same week that Hunter Biden is taking a plea after a five-year investigation, do you think those two things are completely disconnected? I, I'm tending to doubt it. You know, I'm really tending. I, I don't. The problem is, folks, we're in a world now where I don't and I don't think you don't. You don't trust anyone. And given this administration and everything they're up to, I wouldn't either. May God, may, may God, you know, rest them in peace. I hope they're I hope they're staring down from above and I hope they know all the secrets of the universe now. Sorry that we lost these five lives. Wish we would have known about the implosion a little bit earlier, but now we know uh, what has happened to them. They'll now figure out the cause. Folks, we're going to get to Tim's top three, part one, the AccuWeather update, and Tony Colombo right after this top of the hour break on our return here at 93.3 and 560 KWTO. Kelly Rabor, I work for the Rabor team over at Reese Nichols Real Estate, so I'm a real estate agent. I was so ignorant when it came to firearms, and Sound of Freedom had a beginner pistol class, so I signed up for it. Then I went and did a CCW class later, and I go out there about once a week and, and shoot. The guys that work there just made me feel so much more at ease. I never felt like an outsider or an outsider. Joe Biden doesn't have a plan. 93.3 and AM 560 KW. UTO. It's time for Team's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy, away! One. Well, folks, yes, I am live, live and local at the Lake of the Ozarks. Yeah, I'm up here for my annual Missouri Association of Fire Protection Districts Conference. It's a group of rural and suburban fire districts from all over the state. There are quite a few here from southwest Missouri. As I was pulling into the parking lot yesterday, I saw one of the trucks from the good folks of Nixa, of the Nixa Fire Protection Districts. So I'll have to find out who is here from southwest Missouri today. We do this uh, every year. This is one of my old legacy law firm clients. I haven't practiced law in forever, but this was one of the clients I had. Now I just help them with their conference every year. Help get them really cool speakers and uh, folks from around the state, around the country. We got state uh, state, state representative, state senator Nick Schroer down here with us this year. And so we will wow the crowd radio show style with some information about the elections next year and more. The lake is packed. People are back. What COVID? We say no Fauci here. How about we do number two? So if you go to <coughs> if you go to Congressman Jason Smith's Twitter feed at Rep Jason Smith or Jason Smith Mo, Jason has an entire thread detailing more details of the hunter of the of the Joe Biden family business which is nothing more than extortion and bribery including the fact that in August 2020 a search warrant i believe from the FBI uncovered an incredible text message between Hunter and Henry Zhao an executive at a Chinese company that paid Hunter $100,000 i will reference that i will read that text to you in un momento how about we do Number three. Well, Moms of Liberty is the latest group, the latest freedom and liberty loving patriotic group that is under attack by the lunatic left for no good reason whatsoever, as is usually the case. Moms for Liberty is a uh, is a, a great organization. I believe I think they moved their 
headquarters right here to Springfield because we had one of those ladies on last year. I believe they were big supporters of of Congressman Billy Long in his U.S. Senate race. Anyway, Moms for Liberty was doing a fundraising email or an informational email or something, and they referenced a quote from Hitler. Well, now they're being accused of quoting Hitler. Here's the problem. The left never gives you the context. The left used the, uh, the left. The Moms for Liberty group used the Hitler quote to describe what the left is doing to your children. And the left got so pissed off at that that they're saying Moms of Liberty now loves Hitler. No, they're talking about you, you deranged lunatics. Oh, these people have no shame. That's Tim's Top 3, Part 1, for a beautiful Freedom Friday here on the first weekend of summer. Summertime. June 23rd, 2023. 610 a.m. in the Heartland. I owe silver! Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Cass, I'm a little disappointed in you. What? I'm, I'm a little disappointed in you. Not a lot, just a little. Do share. You haven't played your Olaf sounder yet, and we've been in summer <gasps> for like three days now. We have. Give me like two seconds. While you're looking for that, I will also talk about a song that uh, Don and I can sing frequently throughout the next uh, few weeks of summer. Uh, Don, you remember the uh, famous Will Smith song, Summertime? Summer, summer, summertime. Remember oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. oh, here's Olaf. Summer and sun and all things hot. Really? I think it's funny you I'm know the words. I don't have much experience with heat. <laughs> nope. But sometimes I like to close my eyes and imagine what it'd be like when summer does come. I, I didn't know we were going to play the whole thing. We are. Bees, the buzz, kids will blow down. We were just going to play the part where he said, whatever snow does. Is that coming up? There it is. Drink in my hand, my snow up against the burning sand, probably getting gorgeously tanned in summer. So, was I never got through the second one? I kept falling asleep. I've never seen it. The did you see the first one? I did, but here's yeah. the thing: Frozen was yeah, like that. That generation of Disney was actually younger than me. Yeah, I so, saw it with my yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, so I was um, when I was getting older, like twelve or thirteen. That's when Tangled came out. So that was kind of the okay. end of my Disney years. See, I just thought you would like um, Frozen because Olaf, it's cute yes. and it's campy, and there's no horror and no one dies. That I, you're not wrong, but it is sad whenever the sisters are <laughs> separated, sad. and I don't like it. That. Is sad. It is sad. And did you the know second, that the, the second one? I think I think they might have done psychedelic mushrooms before they made the second one because there's some weird stuff in the potentially. Second one. Um, yeah. Did you know that the parents from Frozen who die in the shipwreck are supposed to be? On the same shipwreck that is in um, Tarzan, and so it's supposed to be, and the same shipwreck oh, in the Little Mermaid. So no the way. they the use the same shipwreck. Well, they're it's all supposed to all be connected. So like the shipwreck oh. that Ariel and the Little Mermaid is exploring yeah. is supposed to canonically be the same one from Frozen, and then Tarzan that shipwreck this is like, is this is like Disney the, dogma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> conspiracy. I've theory. watched none of these movies. <clears throat> did you see um <clears throat> don did you see the new tarzan they did a few years ago tarzan the legend of of Greystoke or whatever it was i did not see uh well there's an actor in there that i thought Cass would like because he's a big big hunk of a man uh I what's have his face a hunk of a man of, of a husband 
I, I know you do. Yes, we talk about him <laughs> often. Uh, Tyler's probably getting very embarrassed right now. Um, it's what's his face from um, uh, True Blood. Um, I, I think I think it was him. No, I, I may be mixing my movies up. I'm thinking it was uh, Peter Skarsgård from True Blood, the big, tall, Nordic-looking dude. He's creepy. Dude. He's the one who played. You don't it, like him? The clown. The 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 clown from. Did he really? Yes. Yes. Oh, I he's like I a can't horror movie. Watch it. Yeah. No. Yeah, I can't watch it. Uh, Stephen King, I read a lot of Stephen King's books uh, growing up. And um, the movies, like, I can only watch some of the movies because, the man, that guy, that guy is a horror master. You know what I was talking about the other day? Uh, <clears throat> I think I'm maybe on the other show. I can't remember. I, everything, everything blends together. Um, I was talking about the fact that, you know, Stephen King, as, as lunatic of a liberal he is, he predicted some of what, is going on here today. Uh, Don, you've heard of the book, The Stand, right? One of his most famous original early novels, The Stand. Yes. Huge tome. Yeah. They made a miniseries. They made a miniseries about it where Gary Sinise, Gary Sinise was in the miniseries um, <clears throat> that they made back in the 80s. Anyway, The Stand was written in the 70s. And uh, when I tell people that I read that in fourth grade, they look at me like I have four heads. They're like, what were your parents letting you read? I, I mean, <laughs> it was, it was, con my dad's a big Stephen King guy. And I, I was way, uh, as you can imagine, I've always been a bit of a chatty Kathy. And so uh, I was reading books, you know, way ahead of where I should have been. I read the stand in like fourth or fifth grade. I thought it was fascinating. Ugh. It doesn't have as much horror in it. it. It's not blood and guts horror. The stand is all about this. See, my wife makes fun of me on this because I am a of watching about the quintessential battles between good and evil like in just it's just starkest most pure form out so the jet the 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 backdrop of the stand is guess what a virus yeah, escapes pandemic. from a cdc lab in atlanta <laughs> hmm. and it has a 90 percent kill rate so it's as if ebola gets weaponized and floods the globe only 10% of humanity survives. So the first part of the stand is all about the horror of just just bazillions of people just dying everywhere. It's just it's that's like, you know, the stench and what the you know, just gross. But then the second half of the story is about the rebuilding of humanity and humanity segregates itself into two camps and it's basically those who are drawn to more nefarious and evil means and those who are drawn to good means. Now, there's a lot of gray in all that, right? Like, like everybody who's evil is not some raging band of like orcs from like the Lord of the Rings. They're just they 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 tend to be more towards you know materialism and the secular. And then you have all these messianic people kind of on the other side. Gary Sinise is one of the main characters. Great book, a lot of lessons for the times that we're living in right now. Believe it or not, and uh, yeah, that's one of my favorites. My second favorite. Maybe my first, it's kind of a tie. The Dark Tower series with the gunslinger. Just excellent, excellent as well. All right. Jason Smith, Henry Zhao, $100,000, Hunter Biden. What does this have to do with the big guy, Joe Biden? I'll tell you after the weather. We'll talk about that with uh, Tony Colombo. Next up, though, Don Luzado with the local traffic update and then the local weather update for the first weekend of summer with Jeff from AccuWeather. All that is now and next. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Well, we did have a uh, non-entry crash. In fact, we had, do still have it showing up on the board. It's at Sunshine and Ingram Mill Road, uh, 3200 block of East Sunshine. So watch out for that one. 
And also, we have a non-injury crash uh, this morning. Well, this is one from earlier, so it's probably still not there. But the sunshine and Ingram Mill. 9 to 11 weekday morning. That's really where they want to go. On 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. rainy but sunny that's the rule of the day jeff from accuweather joining us now on a friday morning with a uh summer-like forecast for us jeff good morning and good morning to you as well how's it going it's going great it is uh friday as you love to say it is friday so happy that and um let's uh let's talk about what we can expect across the ozarks today (laughs) that's so funny he says so happy that happy that (laughs) Well, let's take a look at what we got coming. So it's going to be, as mentioned, a very, very nice day today to finish off the work week with uh, the sunny skies, overall pleasant conditions, the high reaching 90, which is just a couple degrees above average, finally, uh, whereas we've been at or just above. So not too bad of a stretch of weather behind us, too. Uh, Then later tonight, still staying clear down to about 69 Tomorrow is going to be, in general, dry with a partly sunny sky, and a thunderstorm can't be ruled out mainly in the afternoon. It's kind of one of those pop-up types, uh, but the rain gauge for the forecast only showing about a tenth of an inch at that point. Overnight, though, we're going to see some uh, more steady rain amounting to about a half an inch all combined. So we're going to see uh, the rain pick up in intensity in the overnight. Now, is it going to be severe? There could be a possibility of some of that, but it is uh, on the lower side of things uh, in general. So I'm going to confidently say just keep your eyes to the sky, be weather aware, and you can always check AccuWeather.com for any latest alerts if they do get issued. Uh, But these are so quick and brief that they would at best drop the rain, have a little bit of a wind gust, and then they're gone. Yeah, very good. That's that's the best kind. Uh, and then also coming at night, too. So you can't beat that. Uh, you know, when you wake up in the morning, the ground is wet and you've had some good mm-hmm. rain. Uh, and, of course, if there are warnings issued uh, and you pick them up from AccuWeather, uh, we will be broadcasting those here on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. So take us through the rest of the weekend, uh, Jeff. Uh, any chances for rain on Sunday? Certainly happy to take you through at this point because from then on, it's pretty dry. Uh, we're not going to see any rain uh, for actually the entire week. So Monday through uh, Sunday through Thursday, we don't have any rain in the forecast. So Sunday finishes the weekend, sunny, mixing with some clouds, 92 degrees for the high, plenty of sunshine Monday, 88, and then Tuesday it's partly sunny, hitting 89. Okay, that's not too bad. And then uh, uh, any 90s ahead later in the week? 90s come jumping back Wednesday and Thursday, even near 100 degrees. And I'll be keeping an eye on that heat dome because that heat dome from Texas, where they're currently experiencing that high heat, uh, that is going to be, that's what's fueling the uh, temperatures jumping up. All right. So that's going to be mid to late next week then? Yeah, uh, mid mid specifically, Wednesday into Thursday. Sorry, I'm half drifted off. (laughs) 
No problem. We'll get you back. And into my own, into the screen of seeing the you know temperatures across much of the south central plains. As a matter of fact, hitting triple yeah. near triple digits. Yeah, you said a hundred, and that kind of threw me for a loop too. It's like wow. But you know what? We've been very fortunate uh, because uh, you know a year ago we were having temperatures. It seems like approaching that. Uh, but overall, June has not been too bad for us here in Southwest Missouri. No, not not too bad indeed. I mean, you know, what's funny is or, or interesting. Funny, interesting. There we go. Um, we are sitting about a degree below average for the whole month so far. If you take, you know, all the temperatures and average them out for the 22 days, our average temperature is about 73 and our normal for this time of year is 74. So we're, we're a degree yeah, below. Right there. Wow. How about that? But uh, July is July, and as we approach July, we do expect hot weather, so we'll continue to uh, to check in with you daily as we uh, get uh, closer to that heat dome uh, coming into our area. Jeff, have a wonderful weekend, and we will speak with you again on Monday. All right, sounds good. You guys have a good weekend, too. All right, see you, Jeff. You too, Jeff. Have a great one indeed. AccuWeather.com, 933KWTO.com. John, before I dive back into the deep end here, uh, how about we uh, talk a little bit about uh, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals as we head into the first summer holiday of the uh, first summer holiday, the first summer weekend of the summer. Uh, the All Star break, Don, just right around the corner, right, which typically marks the unofficial halfway point of the season. Does I think the All Star break is usually what mid July, isn't yes. it? It's always uh-huh. after mid-July. the fourth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just a few weeks to go, just a few weeks to go till we hit the midpoint of the season. I um, I know you talked about the Cardinals and the Royals this morning, but that was like an hour ago, and I forgot. So <laughs> Well, the Cardinals <laughs> do, actually have yesterday and today off. They're in London getting ready to play oh, that's right. the Chicago Cubs uh, at London Stadium. They're going to play a noon game tomorrow against the Cubs, and they're going to play a game on Sunday that starts at 9 o'clock, just after 9 a.m. a.m. our time on Sunday. So the next time the Cardinals play will be Sunday, our time? Uh, tomorrow, our time at noon is the first game oh, of the tomorrow. series. And okay. then the second Saturday game is Sunday at 9 a.m. And okay. uh, the Cardinals right now, 31-44, and 44, so they've played 75 games. So in another six games from now, they'll be at the official midway point of the season with 81 games down, 81 to go. And the good news is yesterday – Today they will not lose any games. This is true. No, doesn't mean they won't lose ground in the standings because other teams are playing. So there you go. That's very true indeed. And uh, I don't know the the Royals. They uh, did you say they won last night? They it really beat matter. the like, Tampa Bay Rays. That's pretty impressive. Let's give that oh, to them. Okay, the Rays all have right. the best record in all of baseball, and they went to Tampa Bay and they uh, won at Tampa Bay by the final of six to five. Okay, something that might be a little more fun than focusing on uh, our poor Major League Baseball teams here in Missouri uh, this weekend. Although I think the the Cardinals Cubs series in London will be interesting to watch. That'll be cool. I think that will be yeah. fascinating to watch, just for the historical purposes. The Travelers Championship is underway. That's what's going on in Golfland, and uh, man, the crowds for this thing are are always massive. Uh, the Travelers Ch- Championship 2023 uh, teed off yesterday, and they've got the round two pairings out this morning. I'm looking for I'm looking for a leaderboard. Do you have to have a leaderboard yes. and handy? By, and by somewhere? the way, you know, yesterday morning we were talking about Keegan Bradley and the heck of a start that he had on the front nine. I think he shot a 29 on the front, 
Well, Keegan Bradley on the back nine shot a 33, finished with a 62. So he is uh, two strokes off Denny McCarthy, who ended up having a heck of a round. Denny McCarthy, 10 under par, 60 in round one. He is the leader by two strokes. Holy smokes. Yeah, Denny McCarthy, 10 under. Eric 30 Cole. on the front, 30 on the back. That's very impressive. Adam Scott. Adam Scott, the... Uh, He's Australian. Is that right? I think he's Australian, Adam Scott. Uh, eight under. Keegan Bradley, eight under. Scotty Scheffler. Scotty there Shuffler. he is again. This guy. Yeah. This guy, Scotty Scheffler. I don't know if anybody's been, I don't know if for all of the maybe sometimes golf fans in our audience or those who don't follow golf, this guy named Scotty Scheffler, I don't know if he's going to be the next generation's Tiger Woods or not, but he is always always in the top five of every freaking tournament. And he's won quite a few as well. And the Irishman Shane Lowry up at the top of the leaderboard as well. The Travelers Championship will continue today. And is that in, is that, um, where is that? Uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. Yes, it's at Cromwell, TPC. Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah, it's at a TPC course. It's at a TPC River Highlands in Cromwell, Connecticut. Uh, you know what? Uh, we often, I often complain about the Northeast. There are parts of Connecticut that are just like Missouri. Beautiful. Connecticut is a, um, once you get outside of kind of the armpit area down, downstate, you know, near where it uh, bleeds into New York and, uh, that, that just, it's very, I, I say that cause it's, it's very industrial. People up there say that it's very an industrial part of the state. Once you get out into the hinterlands of Connecticut, beautiful rolling Hills, very Missouri-esque in, in how it looks. A lot of farmland and golf courses. All right, 6.30 here in the Heartland. When we come back, we're going to talk to Tony Colombo. We're going to ask Tony about his feelings about the yellow submarine that is no more, and we're going to talk to him about Joe Biden, the big guy, Hunter Biden's texts, and a certain $100,000 that Congressman Jason Smith of the great state of Missouri, the chairman of the Ways and Means, has uncovered. All of that now and next after Don Luzader's local news update here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News time is 6.30 in Springfield. We have 64 degrees with partly cloudy skies. This Today we're looking for a sunny day as you heard from Jeff from Weather. Gorgeous weather high of 89 this afternoon. Scattered thunderstorms are expected Saturday, and some of those could be on the strong side. Not a big risk for severe weather, a level one marginal risk right now of a few strong to severe storms uh, Saturday afternoon into the overnight hours, capable of producing some damaging wind gusts, large hail, and cloud to ground lightning. We'll have any watches or warnings for you right here on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. There will soon be major improvements to a stretch of Highway 160 between Green and Christian Counties. MoDOT will begin improvements to 160 in July. There will be an emphasis on improving the intersection of Route CC and also Route AA. The project will cost $10.8 million. A public meeting will be held next Tuesday at Nexus City Hall to discuss that project. Ozark Police Department asking for help in finding a missing girl, 16-year-old Jasmine Moody. Yeah, Mooney is five foot five, hundred twenty pounds, with black hair, green eyes, and a tattoo on her right hand that reads "one half." If you have any information on Moody, you have to call the Ozark Police Department. Springfield Police investigating a body found at a park. The body was found Wednesday in Grant Beach Park. Springfield Police say there's nothing suspicious. There's no reason for them not to work with us on this investigation. Ninety-three-three and AM five sixty KWTO. 
You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Yeah, take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horse. There's never been a candidate for president the media hated more than Robert F. Kennedy Jr. You thought that title belonged to Donald Trump. Of course it must, but go check the coverage. The Times attacked Bobby Kennedy in the very first sentence of the story. Quote, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the paper declared, announced a presidential campaign built on relitigating COVID-19 shutdowns and shaking Americans' faith in science. Shaking Americans' faith in science. Imagine if you were an ordinary New York Times subscriber reading that over coffee in your pre-war rent-controlled duplex on Columbus Avenue. You'd think Bobby Kennedy had just declared war on the Enlightenment. Exactly. And this is exactly the point that Tucker is making here that we all know is absolutely 1,000% true. Yes, they hate you. The left hates you. Now, I'm not, I'm not speaking to the, uh, to the liberals who hang on my every word and froth at the mouth. I can just see them. They're like, they're like sitting, all, all the liberals, all, you know, not even liberals. Liberals are generally nice people. The leftists, all the communist leftists who like get up every morning and just sit there and froth at the mouth and hyperventilate at every single word I utter. Uh, you're, yeah, you know, if you want to know who these people are, they're all over my Twitter timeline, my other social media. They're just, they're just disgusting, horrific people. Now, there's some well-meaning liberals out there that like to have honest discussions with me, and I welcome that, and we have that frequently. We welcome all comers. But let me speak with all of you all right now who are in the choir, so to speak. You all know this. You all know that the left, the corporate media, they hate us, right? They despise us, right? Because we do not – we don't believe in the narrative. We're not spo- – but, you know, but see, they also view us as like as, as like we're just – we're the, um, we're the, uh, we're the forgotten. I mean, we're the, uh, we're, there's no hope. We're the hopeless ones in the minds of the left, right? We're, our case is hopeless because we are, we are patriarchal, matriarchal, white. Uh, what's that word they use, Cass? Cis, the cis thing. What's uh, the cis, cisgender thing? Cishet white man, the evil cishet white man. I, okay, because it's a nonsensical word that means nothing, I can never remember the cis part. What does cis mean? CIS? What the hell does that same. mean? I think it means same. So it means like, like you're, the same. you're the gender that you are. <laughs> <laughs> so you believe in what you are? You <laughs> are dare, living within how reality. Dare, how dare you accept reality? This is insane. <laughs> Chop off your body parts and chemically castrate yourselves before, before I come after you. Uh, so... <clears throat> yeah, so we're we're the hopeless ones. Like they don't bother. So Donald Trump, they hate Donald Trump because he's Donald Trump. They really hate, as Tucker Carlson was pointing out there, they really hate the people that are supposed to be on quote their side, right? Who then leave the electoral plantation. <gasps> Tim, you racist. Racist. Uh <clears throat> yes, it is a plantation. The Democrats have been it's running racist. racist. <laughs> Thank you, Tucker. The Democrats have been running the plantation since the beginning of plantations. Okay, do you folks know that? I know that's an uncomfortable truth. You know, have you ever wondered why Democrats and the left, you know, we on the right, we don't run around all day screaming pejoratives at everybody, do we? Right? We don't. I mean, okay. 
do we have bad apples? Everybody has bad apples. There, there are bad apples in every bunch, okay? There's bad doctors. There's bad lawyers. Now, wait a minute. Now, I know what you're thinking. Every lawyer is a bad lawyer, Tim. I'm not. I'm a decent one. So I'm a recovering lawyer. Doesn't that say something maybe about lawyers? <laughs> maybe proving your point. <clears throat> okay. Stop talking to yourself. All right. Let me get back to talking to you. <laughs> Having a conversation Good in my not. own head. <laughs> so <clears throat> so uh, the point I'm making here is if you defy their ongoing, on-running narrative of their electoral plantation, then they despise and hate you much more than they despise and hate Donald Trump. Okay? Example. I'll get to Robert F. Kennedy in a second because he is a little different in a way. Clarence Thomas. Clarence Thomas is a black man. Any black man... I, I can't believe I have to explain this, but to the liberals in the audience, I do have to speak slowly and point out obvious. Re- like Cass said, we do have to live in reality, even though you folks are you, you lunatic leftists are trying not every day. Because Clarence Thomas is a black man, the left automatically presumes because they're the real racists and they're the real stereotypers that Clarence Thomas has to be a leftist. Right. He has to be of a liberal persuasion. He has to be a card carrying member of the Democratic Party. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You mean he's not? Well, then he must be destroyed because that's what the left does to people that they. So because of the color of Clarence Thomas's skin, he is a greater danger to the leftist lunacy in this country and their narrative than Donald Trump, because the left says you do have to judge people by the color of their skin. You do have to judge them by their gender. If they can even, you know, the left is going to lose the gender argument eventually because they don't know what gender means anymore. Well, they really do, but they're pretending that they don't. So does, does accusing someone of being misogynistic or, or, uh, or, or, um, or, uh, or, or, uh, what am I trying to say here of, uh, having machismo, you know, of being a, of being a toxic male, does that have any, does that have any relevance anymore for leftists? Because they don't believe in gender, right? They don't believe in, in sex. You can just be whatever you want to be. I digress. Because Clarence Thomas looks a certain way, he's more of a threat to the lunatic left because he does not say what they would expect him to say. He does not think the way they would expect him to, uh, the, they would expect him to think. He is a rebel. And therefore, he must be destroyed because, see, people who the, the left wants the left wants to take care of most conversations and arguments in this country through immutable characteristics, right? So they think that Cass, because she's a well, if they define Cass today as a female and a woman, they think that Cass should be Cass should be pro death, right? She should be pro abortion. Cass, on the other hand, is one of the most ardently, stridently pro-life people I've ever met because of her personal story and her experiences, not because of her gender, not because of what she looks like, not because that she is a young female, so therefore should be a complete leftist right in today's world. That's what they think. So when people break those molds, like producer Cass, like Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, you ever think you'd be in the same sentence with uh, Clarence Thomas, Cass? Hey. they they get they get they get more angry at people like Cass and Clarence Thomas because see they don't want to have to worry about them you're supposed to be just part of the board Cass Clarence Thomas is just supposed to get in line 
and just and just shut up and sit down on the electoral plantation and write a bunch of leftist opinions. But he refuses. He's a conservative. He's one of the most ardent conservatives in the country because of his personal story, not because of what he looks like. So Robert F. Kennedy, right? White guy. Normally, leftists could give a rip about white guys. White guys are all verboten. We're all lost cause. The problem is his last name. Kennedy to the left says Democrat. Now, they were Democrats before Democrats really went off the rails. And so in today's world, although Teddy Kennedy was quite the liberal, but in today's world, again, they don't want to have to worry about people like a Kennedy. They want to just say Kennedy, liberal. On our side, the problem with RFK Jr. is he's pushing back against their side. He's not accepting the narrative on COVID. He's not accepting the narrative on the jab. And you know what? Because he's a Kennedy, people listen to him. It's like that old um, Don. You remember that old commercial from the eighties when EF Hutton? What was it, Don? When EF Hutton, Hutton talks, people listen. It sounds just like the commercial. Well done. That's exactly that. So when Robert F. Kennedy talks, Democrats listen. Well, now all these Democrats are hearing a different narrative than the traditional Democratic narrative that's been told. So all the Democrats, all the liberal liberal lunatics are going, oh, my God, we can't we can't have a a, a person who Democrats have viewed at as a leader for not just a year or two, for decades. The Kennedy brand goes back into like – uh, the the patriarch of that family was before JFK and Teddy Kennedy and, and the original RFK. It was uh, back with Jack Kennedy, right? It, it goes way, it goes back to like the 40s, the power of the Kennedy clan. So now that you've got a Kennedy saying things that sound exactly what, like what Tucker Carlson would say, the left is freaked out. The media is terrified because you don't just have Donald Trump and Republicans who they can say are a bunch of Hitler uh, a bunch of a bunch of Hitler racist uh, oppressors. You've now got people on the left side of the aisle joining with Trump and Clarence Thomas and Joe Rogan and others like that and pushing back. Everybody's pushing back against the narrative. So the people that are supporting the narrative, they're losing their power, their grip and their control. That long story short, maybe not so short, long story long is why. <laughs> RFK, because I spent the whole segment on it. That is why RFK Jr. is so dangerous to today's Democratic Party and, more importantly, to the narrative told by the lunatic left and their purveyors and their propagandists in the corrupt corporate media. I hope all that makes sense. If it doesn't, give me a call. 417-866-0933. Or maybe you want to support that. 417-866-0933. Happy to talk to you now and next after Don Luzader's traffic update here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Very heavy traffic volume this morning for both north and south boundaries on Highway 65. Looking at the uh, traffic cameras now at 65 in Chestnut Expressway. And it is a steady stream out there this morning, but I don't see... A grievance instead of a culture of greatness. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 933 and AM 560 KWTO.
This is a special request from Mr. Timothy W. Dot Jones. <laughs> Put on my flip flops. Listen to some pop rock. <laughs> I'm not a huge Jimmy Buffett fan, but this song's fun. I have. I like some Jimmy Buffett. I I like his Margaritaville restaurant. <clears throat> well, <clears throat> I'm at um, <clears throat> I'm at Margaritaville Cass in uh, Lake of the Ozarks, which is his resort. He's yeah. popping these up all over the country. Land, you know, Landshark. Do you know that Landshark? Um, I don't know that he owns the beer brand, but he has a. He definitely has. He may own the beer brand. Somebody may correct me on that. But he, um, he has a. He has a. Uh, a relationship with them. He has a. Um, he has a partnership with them because oh, yeah. here, here at Margaritaville, Cass, have you been up to the lake in a while? You've been up to like this area um, in a while. It was like the Ozarks, Osage it was, Beach. Um, Memorial Day last year with the YRs. <clears throat> okay. Did you guys swing by Margaritaville? At no. All? Were you we, at Margaritaville? Okay. We went to um, went Backwater Jacks. Okay. So you really got to check out Margaritaville, Cass, because if I, you you came to Tantara at some point in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't you? Okay. This is the old Tantara. This right. is the old Tantara complex. And Cass, I've been going to Tantara since I, I was a little kid. My dad. Um, when he was actively practicing, my father is a veterinarian. Uh, there was there was always a big conference here. There was a big Missouri State Veterinarian Conference here at Tantara in the winter, and they had they've always had this indoor water park like since I was a youngster, and um, they've got of course outdoor pools and everything. Anyway, Tantara back in the day a lot. So this has a this the history of this complex is really amazing. It goes back I think to the 50s. I think Frank Lloyd Wright, the architect, had something to do with the design of the place. It's this giant. I know many of you have been here, but for those of you who haven't who are maybe outside the listening area or even the state of Missouri, I know we have people who listen to us all over the place. Tantara is this really unique complex, this giant sprawling complex in the middle of the Lake of the Ozarks at like mile marker I'm going to screw this up. I'm not a big Lake the Ozarks guy. I come down every mainly once a year for this conference. Uh, I think it's like mile marker 20 or something like that. I'd have to go look. So anyway, we're on the main channel. Okay, we're on the main channel. And um, giant sprawling complex. And it used to be owned by Marriott. Yeah, the hotel people. Yeah, Marriott used to own Tantara. It was Marriott's Tantara. And it was the place to go. It was either here or Lodge of the Four Seasons, which is right around, which is just down the road, okay, near the dam uh, by the lake. So uh, big sprawling complex. There's a main, there's like a main hotel, and then there's an, there's additional buildings, and there's all these little outbuildings. Anyway, I think it just got to be too freaking much. It, and, and so some of, the, some of the outlying like rooms and lots and stuff, they just got, they got lakeified, you know, they just got, they got moldy, they got damp, they had the spiders, bugs, you know, you know, just the, the forest, the forest started taking back over, you know, and so Tantara, Marriott sold it, there was a private company that ran it for a while, and honestly, it kind of ran itself into the ground, and I don't even blame, it's just, you need to have, you need to have, you need to run a tight ship here, and you need to have a lot of really good people, which is probably hard to get these days. And you need to have a lot of cashola. So uh, I've been coming down here doing this conference. I have seen 
the rise, the fall, the rise, the fall of Tantera over the decades. And I've been coming doing this conference at, in, on this weekend in June with the Missouri Association of Fire Protection Districts, who I do you know a little bit of side work for. Mainly, I, I do some work for them because my very good friend, Fire Chief Greg Brown from the city of Eureka, who I've known since I was a kid, he asks me to help with the conference, and he won't let me out of it. So, um, And he's bigger than me. So, uh, <laughs> so we've been doing this forever. So near the end of Tantera, before Jimmy Buffett came in, yeah, the place was what you would expect. It was a wreck. I mean, they were trying to still keep the rooms clean, but they were just, it was just, it was just old and tired. Let me tell you, I tell all you that. I tell all you that horror story because now it's fantastic. Uh, I have stayed in the original Margaritaville in Key West, like the, the first one that Jimmy Buffett, like that was another hotel too. That was like some, somebody else's hotel. Buffett came in there with his business acumen, and even though I've said I'm not a huge fan of his music, I like his music, I'm a big fan of his business acumen. He is a smart cookie, and he created his own brand, and this Margaritaville in the freaking middle of Missouri, in the middle of the country, it has the same vibe and themes as like the Key West one because they want you to feel – beachy and southern latitude and the attitude and you know bah, 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 and the flip-flops and they've pulled it off i was like how are they going to do margaritaville on the lake of the ozarks it's really cool they got the land shark bar they ripped out all bunch of the old crap down by the docks they put in one of those big swimming pools cast that you swim up to and you hang out in all day and you never get out yeah. and go to the bathroom and all that stuff <laughs> but it, it, yeah. it looks it looks great. It looks great. They tore out a bunch of buildings that, that blocked the view of the lake, and now you can see so much more of the channel. It's a really great complex. I wish them all the best. The rooms are, are, the rooms are all redone, and they're really nice. And so if you, if you want to take a staycation in Missouri, of course we want you to visit Branson and Springfield and, and see everything that we have down here to offer, which is you know Johnny Morris is building a freaking you know, resort mecca down here in this land too. But if you want something a little different, want to hit the, 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 lake, the lake of the Ozarks. Really. Now, I have heard, though, Lodge of the Four Seasons has not followed suit yet. That is the next place that needs a big overhaul. But it's just it's, these complexes are so big. These used to be the only places you could go, right? And so then they weren't, and so they got to keep up with the time. So anyway, Cash, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. Yeah, funny Margaritaville story. Um, when Tyler and I went on our honeymoon, we accidentally picked a resort in Cancun that was like for all the college spring breakers, and we did it on spring oh, break. Yeah, that's we right. did not mean to do that. <laughs> the food was surprisingly horrible, and we literally were hungry the whole time. It was hard to. And so when we got back to the airport on our way home, there was a Margaritaville restaurant in the Cancun airport. Ah. And that was our first full meal that we had the entire week that was like American food. And mm -hmm. we gorged mm -hmm. ourselves. It was the best meal I think I've ever had after a whole week of just like starving at this resort <laughs> that had weird food. And uh, I will forever love Jimmy Buffett because he fed me in my time of great need. <laughs> Tim, maybe literally, yeah. he literally literally saved your life yes. maybe you can have a cheeseburger in paradise while you're there i, I maybe just might don yes. you've been here you've been here recently yes. light, right you've yeah. been to margaritaville uh, earlier yeah. this month i was there for the missouri broadcasters association awards dinner and uh they liked it so much i think that they're having it uh, they're having the nba convention there again next year it's pretty odd for us to have it two years in a row at one location uh but they're having it back there at margaritaville in 2024 as well 
They've done a really nice job, haven't they, Don, with a very giant, complicated uh, campus. And I give them all the credit in the world because this place was kind of left for dead at the end of the Tantera days, and they've really rejuvenated it. And, I I mean, proof is in the pudding. The place is packed to the rafters this weekend. That swimming pool looked awfully full when I was there. (laughs) I don't know. I'm getting in that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on, Tim. (laughs) Jump in the pool. Just sit in there all day. Why do those people never have to go out and go to the bathroom? Uh, I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> Don't answer right, that gonna... question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 we know what we know. What, what happens at the lake stays at the lake. All, all right. right, it is six fifty-eight here in the heartland. Time to take a break. Six o'clock hour already in the can. Getting you ever closer to your first full weekend of summer. Tim's top three, part two. Congressman Eric Burleson and more up and next at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. News, analysis, opinion. Indicting a former president of the United States. The Democrats tried to impeach him before he ever even took office over Russian collusion. This is KWTO. Democrats risk a backlash from this. Don't bring a case like this against a former president on a petty allegation. Demonstrators battling with law enforcement officers as they attempted to breach the building. 93 Americans. Someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. It's time for Team's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy. Well, welcome to, welcome to, welcome to summer. It's summertime. It's the first weekend of summer. Everything is in full swing. Lots to do here in the Ozarks. Hope you have a great first weekend of summer in Didi. Put on the sunscreen. Drink lots of water. Going to be quite warm this weekend. We always give you the weather every morning just after 6.15. If you missed that, AccuWeather.com or 933KWTO.com. Now let's do number... Have you ever seen criminal corruption of the deep state on steroids to the extreme like what we have been witnessing? We have now got the receipts. Congressman Jason Smith, chairman of the Ways and Means Committee, has got all the details. I'm going to read from this incredible text thread that he put out that shows Joe Biden's a liar. Hunter is a willing accessory, and we need to continue to investigate them, not con- not consider any investigations against Hunter Biden closed because they are definitely not the Biden criminal crime family. We now know what the family business is, extortion, bribery, and living off the largesse. And how about we do number three? A little bit of a sad story here this morning. For all of you who missed it yesterday afternoon, the U.S. Coast Guard says that all five occupants are deceased. They found the debris field that include parts of the Titanic tour sub, leading everyone to understand that it completely imploded shortly after they lost contact with it. Back on Sunday, back on Sunday, why are we just learning about this explosion now? What Does, does the government have to lie to us about everything? Probably so. That's Tim's Top 3, Part 2, here on a happy Freedom Friday. 93.3 and 560 KWTO, 709 AM in the heartland. away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. <clears throat> Welcome back to the program. It's 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. I'm Tim Jones, former speaker of your Missouri House, joined, of course, by Cass Bowen Anderson, our executive producer extraordinaire, Don Luzader, our news director. Lots more to get to with you. Lots more to get, lots more to get to you with you. 
Lots more to get to. Lots more to get to with you later today. <laughs> Having trouble with prepositions. Congressman, I almost said Jason Smith. I'm going to talk about Congressman Jason Smith. Congressman Eric Burleson joining us at 715. And Ethan Forhats of Convoy of Hope, convoyofhope.org, joining us at 815, talking to us about all of the natural disasters that Convoy of Hope has been responding to. Some here in the state of Missouri, I think in our southern parts, maybe south, southeastern parts, they've had some rough weather this spring. And then all around the globe, including some horrific storms that ripped across the south and southeast portions of the United States. Cass, I've noticed something recently. It seems that Riley Gaines and her crew are finally gaining traction. More and more women. I'm seeing more and more women athletes stepping forward, testifying to Congress, speaking on the late night shows, appearing on Fox and Newsmax. Uh, now that they've graduated and the NCAA can't hold their contract, their, um, their, con- well, there's, yeah, their contracts, their scholarships over their heads. Many of these women are now having the courage to step forward. I hope there's an onslaught and a pushback against this. I hope we are starting to exit stupid, uh, the last few. Have you noticed how BLM Inc. is gone? Now, we should always stand for actual diversity and actual inclusion and actual equality amongst the people. But BLM Inc., the grifters that stole bazillions of dollars from people was not the way to go. Same thing with this situation, right? Look, I, my heart goes out to anyone who struggles with their identity and doesn't know their place in the world and is having trouble emotionally. Get help. Get counseling. Don't automatically run to a surgeon and have them start castrating you and sterilizing you. On, in the meantime, you can't invade. It's not going to make you feel better. and it, Well, it might temporarily. It's not going to solve any of the world's problems if men are playing in women's sports. Cass, I think it's great that so many of these young lady athletes are finally stepping forward. Well, yeah, and I, I think it's sad that they have to. Doesn't it feel a little bit like in the name of progression, we've, we've gone back in regression? Regressed. Because now mm-hmm. it feels like they're having to fight for women's rights in a way that is super, super last century, right? They're like, hey, let's have protected women's spaces. Hey, let's make sure that there are fair and equal platforms for women to be able to, you know, um, compete with each other and, and be recognized for that. And then furthermore, with the athletes, a lot of the athletes that are performing in women's sports, like the guy who was the swimmer who competed against Riley Gaines, he didn't well, even Leo transition. Thomas. Yeah, Will Thomas. Right. He didn't transition. Right. Will Thomas. He still had all suits. of his equipment. You Disgusting. Know? And so here's it the really thing. Is. They're so inconsistent. First they say, hey, um, let's make all of these life-saving um, surgeries, whatever, and hormone therapies available to children and everybody because this is what saves trans people's lives, blah, 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 blah. But then at the same time, if somebody chooses not to actually transition and go all the way, they're like, oh, but it, you don't have to transition to be transgender. Like some, you know, uh, if, if right. it's merely a feeling inside, it's, it's on the inside, not the outside. So is it is it the outside or is it the inside? They can't make well, up their mind. To, and it's whether it or not it's convenient. Reality. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with reality and it has nothing to do with helping people. It has to do with what I always say, the abortion cult, the trans cult, all of these weird yeah. cults that they all have to do with one thing. 
They have to do with sterilizing human beings and depopulating the planet. This is a George Soros World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab initiative that has its tentacles in things that you don't think that like you would think like what in the world does the transgender cult have anything to do with George Soros? It has everything to do with George Soros. And if you think I have a tinfoil hat on, go back 10 years ago when mentioning the name George Soros got you a tinfoil hat, right? And now everything that we've said is becoming true. All right, I got to start digging into this thread that Congressman Jason Smith has put out on his Twitter feed. Let me start now, and I'll get to some more of this with uh, Eric Burleson, who'll be joining us next, and then we'll get to the rest of it throughout the morning. At Rep. Jason Smith, at Rep. Jason Smith on Twitter, here's the first couple of blocks from this incredibly important and detailed thread. The Ways and Means Committee, the Republicans on the Ways and Means Committee that Jason chairs, just voted to release 14 hours of transcribed interviews with two IRS whistleblowers. Their story of how the federal government handled an investigation into a, quote, high-profile individual is... Uh, All right, let me... um, Oh, now I can't find the thread. It won't come up here. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have to dig into the rest of this in a moment. Um, yeah, my, my thread's not popping up. Okay, so that's the beginning of it. So what Jason did as chairman of Ways and Means was he released 14 hours of transcribed interviews with the IRS whistleblowers, the two that we've been hearing about regarding Hunter Biden, and more importantly, because this is ultimately not about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden the big guy and what he knew. I'll get to the rest of those screen caps. In the meantime, if you want to jump on Jason's Twitter feed at Rep. Jason Smith, you can see the same thing I'm seeing, but I'm going to take you through it and analyze it for you with Congressman Eric Burleson and throughout the rest of the morning. Got to step aside for a traffic update. When we come back, we will have the aforementioned Congressman Eric Burleson on with us to talk about the censure of Adam Schiff, the ongoing investigation into the Biden crime family, and so much more as the morning rolls on here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Overall, pretty good traffic flow across the Springfield metro area. Definitely uh, very busy out there this morning. Folks getting to work. National and Republic Road. Looking at the traffic cameras there. Looks like about four or five cars deep there at the intersection. Analysis. Opinion. This is a crisis. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. When my depression works the graveyard shift all of the people. There are two whistleblowers claiming that the DOJ, FBI, and IRS interfered with the tax probe into Hunter Biden. Their testimony was released by the House Ways and Means Committee yesterday. One whistleblower, IRS Special Agent Gary Shapley, said this of the investigation's course, quote, Some of the decisions seem to be influenced by politics, but whatever the motivations, at every stage, decisions were made that had the effect of benefiting the subject of the investigation. These decisions included slow-walking investigative steps, delaying any and all actions months before elections. He said that those were just a few examples there. From the moment the laptop was discovered, this story has been suppressed, not only by the corrupt corporate media, by our very own government. Thank goodness we have people back in charge, at least in some parts of our government, who are now trying to tell the entire tale. Let's speak to one of them now and next. Well, I guess I'm going to take it from you. <gasps> How are you going to take one of my guns? 
Come on, Billy Jackoff. Take my gun from me. Almost $32 trillion in debt. How could you do this to a future generation? And maybe the most important question that we've asked now for over a week is, why did they keep it from the American people when they knew about it before the election? The Democrats' double standard is out of control. They wanted Trump in jail over classified documents, and with Biden, it's let's wait and see. Eric Burleson joining us here once again this morning. But what you can say is, listen, I know Eric Burleson, and I'm asking you for my kids. When I ran, I said I would be conservative. I would fight for these values, and I'm proud to say that... And he definitely continues to do so here and on Capitol Hill, welcoming him back to the show now this morning. Congressman Eric Burleson at Rep. Eric Burleson, also Eric Burleson on Twitter, burleson.house.gov. Eric, good morning to you. Welcome back to KWTO. Hey, good morning, Tim. Eric, uh, our former colleague, your current colleague, Congressman Jason Smith, our neighbor here in the 8th Congressional District, had uh, a, had a humdinger of a press conference yesterday and released a ton of additional information about the Biden, what I call the Biden criminal crime family. I mean, Eric, where are the Woodward and Bernsteins of today? Is nobody in the D.C. media, Eric, interested in the fact that apparently the Biden family business is uh, bribery, extortion, and enriching themselves at the hands of the taxpayer? It, yeah, Tim, it's crazy. We, we're fighting... The deep state, we're fighting the federal government, and the, and we're fighting the press. That's mm-hmm. but the old. The, thank God we we have the House because if we yes. didn't have if if Jason was not the chair, he the the Democrat chair would receive all the whistleblower information, and you know where that would go in the dumpster or in the Correct. trash receptacle. If Comer wasn't the chair of oversight. He would not get the whistleblower stuff from the department, from the FBI or from the Treasury Department. So, and we would not be able to do any of these hearings. That's the only, but, but the, if you're right, Tim, like I'm so frustrated that the press is not, doesn't recognize that this is criminal activity. And what, what I mean, the, the fact that Hunter Biden, and this is a, that, that WhatsApp, did you read that message that, that, Yes, yes, Eric. Eric, we, Eric, I was saving it for you. We haven't read it yet on the air. Eric, there is a text message. Describe what's in this text message of Hunter Biden's to this Chinese billionaire. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Okay, please please do. We have not read it yet. Go ahead. So this is a WhatsApp text message from Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao, who's the Communist Party official. From that is part of the that's ran the energy company, okay? And we already knew that we saw transactions from from the inner Chinese energy company because we saw the the bank reports, okay? So this is a completely different matter. This came from the Iris whistleblower, and this is the, what the text message from Hunter Biden to this Chinese executive says. He says, "Quote: I'm sitting here with my father." And we would we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director ah. that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand, and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or a text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, I will make certain 
that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father, Hunter Biden. I mean, and we're supposed to believe, Eric, that Joe Biden knew uh, nothing about Hunter Biden's business dealings. Right. Right. I mean, what else do the what else does the, does the press need? What else does the what FBI else do we need? need? Yes. What else do we need? I mean, it's a text have- on Hunter Biden's phone. It's a text on Hunter Biden's phone about a deal with a communist Chinese party official oligarch. And right. it was, it was, it was when, I, well, I, so the Biden family is getting paid for access to our government and Lord knows what Hunter Biden is providing in order to receive a hundred thousand dollars. Right, Eric, that's the question. Right. And it's, it's and not only from China, but we, we saw the activity from Romania same activity from from Ukraine. So, I mean, the the fact that China is probably the most noble country that they they're getting checks from is pretty bad. It is. <laughs> and Eric, talk about these whistleblowers. What, like two years ago, uh, when the whistleblowers were allegedly blowing the whistle on Donald Trump and anybody in the Trump administration, whistleblowers, Eric, were viewed as saints. Right? We were going to make new statues for them in the National Mall. But now, Eric, tell our oh, audience right. about how these poor tell our audience, Eric, about how these poor whistleblowers from the IRS and the FBI, uh, some of whom are brave men and women who served in the military before they went into government service, how are they be, being treated now by the Democrats and by the deep state? Yeah, the deep state is look, they're sidelining them. I, I think the IRS whistleblower said that they, that uh, he's been removed from investigations, that they're not involved in projects. Um, I'm basically a demotion, right? A smackdown. And, mm. uh, and, and so there's, it's really, it's disappointing to see how, I mean, at the end of the day, I just, uh, I think somebody's got to wake up and say, and it's a good thing that there are with these whistleblowers. That's the only hope I have in this place is that there's at mm. least a handful of people who say, my God, I like, I mean, I'm a Democrat, but man, this is wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. And at some point, mm-hmm. the, the Democratic Party is going to and that's that's when Joe Biden, when when it's done, was is when the Democratic Party realizes it's it's unacceptable and they're and the damage is harming them. They're going to watch. They're going to turn on Joe Biden. They're going to turn on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they have no more use for him. Folks, we're speaking to Congressman Eric Burleson at Rep. Eric Burleson on Twitter. Eric, this week, the House took a very serious step. The media, once again, is not treating this like anything at all. They're ignoring it. The censure of Adam Schiff. Eric, explain to our audience what censure is, what it means, and why you all moved to censure and and um, and successfully censure Adam Schiff. And what did that mean about what Adam Schiff did over the last few years to our country? Well, so the the reason why so censure is basically a public shaming and a smackdown, and it's it's put in the in the congressional record. Adam Schiff had to stand in the well as the charges were read against him. He doesn't get to respond, um, and it was a it was a circus. I mean, it was an absolute circus because 
Um, and the reason why we did it is because this guy used his role as the Intel chair and to, and he, he basically lied. He had information that he knew that the Hunter Biden or the, I'm sorry, the Donald Trump Russia collusion stuff was total BS that it all originated mm-hmm. from Hillary Clinton's campaign. And he knew mm-hmm. all of that and he still orchestrated this investigation that cost the United States $32 million just for the investigation, his investigation alone. And, and then he disseminated information that was absolutely false. And, and because the problem is when, you, when you're the intel chair and you say, well, I have information that I can't show you that says X, Y, and Z, people trust you, right? He was, the, yes. we now know the yes. guy was lying, was lying the whole time and was disseminating false information using his position as the Intel chair uh, to basically go, basically tr- to do a coup against the president of the United States and smear his name. And, and so that we did a public shape. We did the censure last week. I voted for the censure that included a fine because uh, I that fine was like $16 million to Adam Schiff. And sadly, the rest of the Republicans didn't join me. But I think what the fact that he cost the United States and the American people at least a $32 million investigation, he owes us at least half of that. And so, mm-hmm. but today, mm-hmm. so many members didn't want to do that. So that, mm-hmm. that's why this week, when there was no fine included, there were members that joined and, uh, and we were able to censure him. Then what happened is, uh, all the Democrats went to the well, stood around Adam as oh, McCarthy boy. was reading, reading the, the, the words in the censure document. And they, uh, and they were all, you know, I mean, it was like a BLM movement or like rally. Okay? Uh, they were all cheering. Yeah, they made it a rally. Yeah. Cheering and, and, uh, trying to talk down McCarthy, like talk over him, chanting at him. Uh, it was, it was awful. It was the most childish thing I've ever seen adults do. They were acting like children. Well, that's because, Eric, the poster child for their fake phony narrative was finally being exposed and punished appropriately. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's, of course, enjoying this, I'm sure, because all the crazy crackpots in California, you know, uh, who will support him in his U.S. Senate run. You know, I'm sure he's using this to his political advantage. Eric, before we let you go, there's another movement that I noticed this week was moving slowly through the U.S. House, but moving. And that was Congressman, uh, Congresswoman Lauren Borbert's efforts to impeach Joe Biden. And it's not just because she doesn't like him. Uh, there's a very because that's all the media is going to say. But it's because of his mishandling of our southern border. Eric, I can't think of a more impeachable offense than destroying the border of a country and allowing an invasion basically to take place. Eric, do you think the impeachment uh, should move forward? Do you think it will move forward? Two very different questions. Yeah, I think um, I think probably. The impeachment of Mayorkas should move forward on the southern border because he has direct responsibility. Um, it would be a harder case to make about Biden that that his subordinate is not doing it and therefore he's willfully violating the law. It would it would be a harder argument, but I I think that I think we're getting close to having enough evidence on the Biden family business dealings to to enter into impeachment hearings on on that. 
which is uh-huh. which is okay. truly criminal activity, right? The fact that you have the president mm-hmm. of the United States who's who's taking money and bribes from foreign foreign nationals and foreign foreign governments, to me that's high crimes. That's bribery, high crimes. So I think that that's that's probably the the most solid case if we're going to impeach Joe Biden. And the, you know the thing is when you kind of take a step back, I don't want to impeach Joe Biden. Okay. I don't want, I don't want Kamala Harris to be president, but you also can't let this, you can't let this crap go on. You cannot sit here and let the president of the United States enrich his family and sell out the American people, sell out the nation and our policies so that his family gets rich. That's what can't, that's just, that's what's so appalling and we can't abide by. I don't, I would hate for Kamala to be president, but man, we have to, we have to do something about this. We have a moral obligation to do something. Could not agree more. Congressman Eric Burleson, our guest here this morning, as he is every Friday, at Rep, at Rep Eric Burleson on Twitter, burleson.house.gov. Congressman Eric, it's always great to speak with you. Have a good weekend, my friend. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tim. You too. Yeah, all right. Take care. I'll tell you what. I so love everything that Congressman Eric brought. Not just because he's my friend, but let's listen to the passion and listen to the determination to protect this country. So blessed here in the 7th Congressional District. All right, let's get to a break now. 7.32 in the a.m. When we come back, I'm going to continue to walk you through the thread that fellow colleague Congressman Jason Smith has published regarding the IRS whistleblowers and what Hunter Biden and more importantly and most importantly, maybe only importantly, Joe Biden knew about these corrupt criminal business dealings. All of that. More in next after Don Luzader's local news you need to know. 93.3 and 560 KWTO. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News time is 732 in Springfield this morning. We have sunshine, 65 degrees. We're looking for a sunny, warm day today with a high reaching 89 this afternoon. Police in Springfield investigating after a house hit by gunfire Thursday night. Uh, This happened near University and National Avenue. Uh, Gunshots were heard a little before 1030 last night. Officers found a home that had been hit by gunfire in the 1700 block of South Fremont Avenue. No injuries reported. The uh, suspected shooter apparently left the area. Uh, Officers currently have no leads on a suspect. If you have any information, you're asked to call the Springfield Police Department. U.S. Supreme Court declining to hear the case of College of the Ozarks against the Biden administration. The case challenges a Biden administration rule that requires the college to open its dormitories, including dorm rooms and shared shower spaces, to members of the opposite sex or face fines of up to six figures, punitive damages, and attorney's fees. Alliance Defending Freedom Attorneys representing CFO asked the High Court to review a decision by U.S. Court of Appeals for the 8th District that concluded the Christian College cannot sue the Biden administration to challenge the rule, but the Supreme Court decided uh, to deny the college's petition for review. And Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey warning about scams involving tickets to Taylor Swift concerts. Kansas City, Swift will... Traffickers and violent criminals. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO.
that your baby boy made shady deals in Ukraine. Biden, did you know that your baby boy loves Parmesan and cocaine? Did you know that you shouldn't touch these women like you do? Oh, When you sniff that little girl's hair, it's borderline me too. Borderline me too. <laughs> Something tells me we're not going to be singing that song in church. Oh, man. Biden, did you know? No. <laughs> Let's see if he knew about what Jason Smith has released, courtesy of the Ways and Means Committee. The story of the two IRS whistleblowers into how the federal government hired an investigation into a high-profile individual. Guess who that is? Jason says you can read the whistleblower's testimony here. Just go to at Rep Jason Smith on Twitter, or you can go to waysandmeans.house.gov. That's waysandmeans.house.gov. Basically, go to the website of the Ways and Means Committee in the U.S. House. Jason goes on to say, Americans expect a justice system that protects whistleblowers and is honest and fair no matter who you are, even if your dad is president. Sadly, it seems the federal government has two different tiers of justice. Americans truly deserve better. As a result of the Biden DOJ's repeated pattern of delay, divulge, deny, the statute of limitations expired for tax years 2014 and 2015. How convenient, where Hunter Biden had significant unpaid liabilities. Folks, they've been investigating Hunter Biden to run the clock out. Okay, that's me speaking. Back to Jason Smith. These totaled over a quarter of a million dollars of unpaid liabilities, but they could be more. Once the whistleblowers came forward to expose the pattern of slow walking the Hunter Biden tax investigation, the whistleblowers say they were retaliated against. The whistleblowers and their entire team were removed from the investigation at the request of the DOJ. You've got to be kidding me. And Jason's got a copy of the transcript right on there to prove his point. Congressman Smith goes on to say, after the interviews, investigators learned of a storage unit controlled by Hunter. Oh, I wonder if there's more boxes of documents in there and debated getting a search warrant for the union unit. Once again, the DOJ devolved these sensitive details to the Biden camp, this time to Hunter's lawyers. Oh, so they gave him a heads up. Hey, um, these whistleblowers said that there may or may not be a storage unit that may or may not have some stuff in it about your son's alleged dealings that may or may not have occurred with foreign governments where you may or may not have gotten paid lots of money. Yeah, just to let you know, they said there's something about this <coughs> storage unit. So they gave him a heads up and they probably cleaned the whole thing out. After the 2020 election, oh, oh, after, after, Congressman Smith makes a very important point here. After the 2020 election, IRS agents scheduled a day of action to conduct interviews on December. Oh, so they waited till after the election. Of course they did. Of course they did because the laptop had to be suppressed until after then. Investigators were told not to ask about Joe Biden. The night before, the FBI divulged details by tipping off the Biden transition team. Whistleblower one says, quote, however, the night before the day of action, December 7, 2020, I was informed that FBI headquarters had notified Secret Service headquarters and the transition team about the planned actions the following day. 
This essentially tipped off a group of people very close to President Biden and Hunter and gave this group an opportunity to obstruct the approach on the witnesses. Congressman Smith goes on. Investigators wanted to question Hunter's associates, including about an email referencing, quote, 10 held by H for the big guy. Remember who H was? Congressman Eric Burleson told us H refers to Zhao, the first name of Zhao, the Chinese communist billionaire. <clears throat> An assistant U.S. attorney stated she did not want to ask questions about the big guy or dad, despite multiple objections. In 2019, an IRS criminal investigation search warrant led to discovery of Hunter Biden's laptop from hell. The FBI verified authenticity of the laptop at that time, way before the reporting of Miranda Devine, which was then censored and suppressed by the corrupt corporate media. And the DOJ was very happy. Back to Jason Smith. The FBI verified the authenticity. IRS investigators never got access, despite believing it may contain irrelevant evidence. Uh, so Jason's got a screenshot here to emphasize the timeline. Remember when the election was? November. Remember when Miranda Devine of the New York Post wrote the story about, I believe it was October. This thing was known about for over a year. October of the Hunter that In November of 2019, the FBI verified the authenticity of said laptop and that said laptop was Hunter Biden's laptop. A year later, your corrupt corporate media and the federal government working hand in hand were trying to suppress what they already knew a year before was absolutely 1,000% as one of the biggest corrupt crimes, censorship, corruption, Legend did not hide the investigation question hundreds of adult children who were suspected to have, quote, it will get us into the hot water, the president's grandchildren. Jason says texts like these made it clear to IRS investigators they needed to conduct a search of Joe Biden's guest house where Hunter was living. Investigators were told there is no way we will get it approved Two tiers of justice. The haves and the have-nots, the powerful and the powerless. When we come back, I will reread to you what we read earlier in the program, in case you missed it. The text message between Hunter Biden and Henry Zhao, an executive at a Chinese company that paid Hunter $100,000, proving that Joe Biden was lying when he knew said he knew nothing about Hunter Biden's corrupt, very corrupt, questionable, and allegedly criminal activities. All that more in next when we come back at 93.3 and 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. You have a traffic issue at Division and Glenstone in Springfield, and I've been looking at the cameras at I-44 and 65. Pretty heavy traffic volume, both east and westbound on the interstate there at 44 and 65, Glenstone and 6 Americans. Someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Biden, did you know that your policies 
would drive us underwater. Biden, did you know that your policies would trans our sons and daughters? Did you know that your policies will punish what is true? The church that you subscribe to does not subscribe to you. Now that's for sure. <laughs> Do I hear a name in? <laughs> they put a lot of effort into that, oh, didn't they? Oh, man. That's that was good. Quite the production. That was very good. Do they have any more <laughs> songs on that uh, on that album? I would love to hear some of them. <laughs> That's from Babylon B, right? It there. is. Uh, yes, they do a uh, great job. It's from The B. The B is fantastic. Uh, we got to meet... <clears throat> Cash, remember that? We got to meet um, Seth Dillon a couple of years ago. We did. At, um, at the Paul Kirkman event, the def- uh, Defense of Liberty Defense event. Liberty. Yeah. I do remember that. That was last year. That wasn't two years ago. Wasn't that just last year? Was that just a year ago? Yeah. 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 It might have been. Time is like a like a river. In fact, uh, one of my friends just sent me. This is a neat little uh, saying. As we head into the weekend, to remind you all to, to embrace every moment and have a great time as we head into summertime. A friend just sent me a little quote here. Time is like a river. You cannot same water twice because the flow us again. Enjoy every moment. Oh, you Doug for sending me that this. So yeah, that is um <clears throat> that is true. I can sometimes it moves fast, sometimes it moves slow. You know, one of my favorite movies, I'm gonna really <laughs> I'm gonna divulge here. I gotta get back to this Hunter Biden thing. This is like the climax. This is like <clears throat> this is like the thing. But let me just tell you the story real quick. One of my favorite movies is um, about a river. Uh, it's got river in the title. It is the famous Brad Pitt movie that I believe um, Harrison Ford produced, I think. A uh, river runs through it. A river runs through it. You ever see that, Don? A river runs through it? You know, I didn't. I never saw I mean, I've heard about it. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never watched the whole thing. It is fan. You know what? It's not. It wasn't. Um, I'm sorry. It wasn't Harrison Ford that produced it. It was um, Robert Redford. Oh. Robert Redford produced it. <clears throat> a River Runs Through It, a 1992 American drama film directed by Robert Redford, starring Craig Sheffer, Springfield's Brad Pitt, Tom Skewart, Brenda Blifflin, and Emily Lloyd. It's based on a 1976 semi-autobiographical novella, easy for me to say, yes. A River Runs Through It, by Norman McLean. Adapted for the screen by Richard Friedenberg. It's set in Montana, and it's about a family that grows up basically in the lands of Montana, in the beautiful lands of Montana. And, you know, it's not – some people go, I don't want to watch a fishing movie. It's not, a, it's not about fishing. I mean, do they fish during the movie? Yes, but all of it is allegorical. It's all symbolic. It's, it's a drama about two young boys growing up as brothers – and how they grow greatly apart later in life and then eventually come back together. Uh, it, it's a family story. Uh, it, it's, it's not one you'd watch with littler kids, but you know if you've got teenagers or older, it's a powerful movie. It's got a lot of great um, messages in it. The acting is phenomenal. The story is excellent. 
The cinematography is spectacular. I, I'm imagining they shot it in Montana or somewhere in the northern U.S. or maybe southern Canada. Um, it's just really, really cool. And it's just <clears> – it's definitely a movie that leaves you – it will leave you – it will have an impact on you. Uh, it's one of those movies where you'll – you'll re- I, I, rem- I mean, I've seen it several times, but it is impacting me to this very day. And, and a lot of it references that quote. A lot of it, I think, echoes, echoes that quote that my friend Doug just sent me. And it's the symbolism of, you know, rivers are a very important part of our lives because of what they bring us. They bring us, rivers bring us sustenance. They bring us refreshment. They bring us life-giving essentials. Uh, even though we don't directly drink from rivers these days in general, uh, rivers are very important still to our lives in the United States of America. They're also allegorical and symbolic about our lives as a river and taking the opportunities to step into that river and see all it has to experience and enjoy it because as the quote that I was sent this morning says, that water's gone once it passes you. And so you need to appreciate both where that water came from, the history, the present, and also what's ahead, what's downstream. So um, yeah, if, if, uh, if you're looking for a great movie to watch, with a great message. It is, it is, there is, there is, I'll, I'll tell you, there's, it, there's some, there's some emotion in the movie. There's some sadness, there's some melancholy, but the acting and the storyline are really fantastic. It's one of my favorites. It really is. Uh, all right. Um, the text of texts, the, the tweet of tweets. So this is the part where Jason Smith shows you in the, in the Twitter thread. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, if you just tuned in, I'm going through the Twitter thread that Congressman Jason Smith released pursuant to the documents that the Ways and Means Committee released that, that he runs that is investigating Joe Biden and the Biden criminal crime family. In August 2020, a search warrant uncovered a text between Hunter and Henry Zhao, Z-H-A-O, an executive at a Chinese company that paid Hunter $100,000. The text mentions Joe Biden repeatedly because Hunter refers to my father. We all know that Hunter's father is Joe. So yes, it mentions Joe repeatedly. Here is the text message from Hunter Biden to Henry Zhao. Jason Smith has the screen shot shown on this Twitter thread. Quote, I am sitting here with my father. That would be Joe Biden for all you liberals out there. And we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And Z, referring to Zhao, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang, or the chairman, sounds very communist, doesn't it? I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, that would be his father, and every person he knows, and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. If that is not extortion and criminal corruption and government corruption at the highest levels, blowing Watergate out of the water, 
I don't know what is. What else do you need to know? Jason does go on, though. And I don't have, let's see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, I've got another 10 things to get to here, which I will continue to go through throughout the rest of the morning. It's really amazing. It's stunning. If you want to read the whole thing in its entirety in one fell swoop, all you got to do is jump on Twitter and go to at Rep Jason Smith. Or if you don't have Twitter, you can go to the website of the Ways and Means Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives and read all of it, including all the supporting doc. There's a lot of stuff I haven't been able to get to. There's supporting documentation. There's other stream, stream caps. There's references to the testimony of the IRS whistleblowers. Why is this not? The headline news story of the day once we get past our morning for the submarine. Okay? Why is this? Why should this not dominate the weekend shows all in the next week and up until the 2020 election? Why it won't? Because we have two tiers of justice. We have two tiers of everything. We have two tiers of media. We have two tiers of of corruption. Those who can get away with it and those who can't. (laughs) If you're a Biden, you just keep singing all the way to the bank. We've got the final hour of the show coming up momentarily we'll have tim's top three part three ethan foreheads of convoy of hope and more here at 93.3 am 560 kwto fox across america they look at our country right now as almost like you know like a joke because we're fighting the wrong battles every one of these countries that secures its border is watching our ruling party say it's racist to secure the border okay and that's why we're in the condition we are where record level of fentanyl is killing us and the people in washington are more concerned about the cost of their poll numbers everyone in the world 93.3 and am 560 we are a part of the problem kwto It's time for Team's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy, away! One. Well, in 2024 gubernatorial news here in the state of Missouri, Mike Kehoe, the lieutenant governor, is boasting support down here in southwest Missouri. He's having a fundraiser this Sunday evening at the home of Jan and Peter Hershend of of uh, Silver Dollar City fame. The Hershens own a ton of parks all across the country, not just Silver Dollar City, I believe Dollywood in uh, Gatlinburg and many others. Bunch of Southwest Missouri heavyweights on that. Look, folks, Jay Ashcroft has a ton of support in Southwest Missouri, of course. Bill Eigel does as well. This is going to be an epic battle royale for the heart and soul of, of the Republican Party. You need to choose the right Republican for this job. we got to move Missouri forward. Why are we always talking about governors in other states? Why aren't we, why aren't we talking about governors in our states that's because, honestly, we haven't had a lot of movement conservatives in the governor's mansion in a long time, and we need some more leadership in the House and Senate as well to help them out. How about we do number two? Happy Friday, as we say. Freedom Friday, indeed. The whistleblowers I've been reporting on all morning this morning, all morning this morning, that uh, Congressman Jason Smith has been trying to champion and support have said the Biden administration blocked prosecutors from filing charges against Hunter twice last year. Uh, the two tiers of justice. I think that should become a trademark. Two tiers of justice. We should all be wearing hats and T-shirts. This is getting ridiculous, folks. I, I hope people are outraged. It is time to vote the deep state out. People in Washington, D.C. who are 40 and 50 year bureaucrats should not be running our government. The elected officials should be. They're definitely not in control. Thank goodness we at least have the House and we can expose all this criminal corruption. And how about we do number three? 
Well, it's not just Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. MTG, I love my MTG. MTG Marjorie Taylor Greene is set to force the Joe Biden impeachment vote as well. Mayorkas should be impeached, so says Congressman Eric Burleson, and Biden as well. They are literally, if you were going to destroy a country, what would you be doing differently than what the Biden administration has done over the last two and a half years? On day one, you dismantle and cripple America's energy industry, right? And then you continue to spend us into oblivion, and then you bow and you scrape around the planet to the point where Chairman Xi looks down his nose at you. Communist China thinks they're now the world's only superpower. If you were going to destroy a nation, you would be doing exactly what Joe Biden is doing. And you would try, wouldn't you also try to get as much as you could before the whole thing collapsed upon itself? Well, they've obviously been doing that as well, shoving all the shekels into the cash bags and running out the back door. That's Tim's top three, part three, maybe the best one ever. Here at 93.3 and 560 KWTO, 810 in the AM on Friday, June 23rd. I owe silver away. Don't ever do that again. Sorry. You like how I just um, self-congratulate myself? Well, I mean, I did pull this for you. It set you up to have a, you an ego. You're a genius. What'd you get? You're oh, a genius. You. I know. Mm, yeah. Oh. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm just going to bask. I'm just going to bask in my glory for a minute. <laughs> hey, I just have to combat that with. I know it's coming. Cass is so right. <laughs> <laughs> I think folks know that when we. Uh, when we self-congratulate ourselves, we're being very self-deprecating as well, right? Because, see, unlike the left, we can poke fun at ourselves, right? You know, I think we do a decent job. It's why we're here. It's why, you know, I've been in radio for 12 years now, big show in St. Louis, too. And, you know, but we also know that we're, we're also a little silly. And that's what – see, unlike yeah. the left, we have a sense of humor. That's the difference. They take everything so seriously. Well, see, folks, they have to take everything seriously because most of what they do actually is a joke. So they can never act. They can never like crack a smile because then we all kind of be like, ah, I see what you're doing there. You really don't believe that girls can be boys and boys can be girls. Ah, I see what you're doing there. But see, they have to be serious about it because otherwise, I mean, everything they say is so ridiculously outlandish that they have to be overly serious, right? To try to like keep the, keep the con going, you know, keep the, keep the game going. So. Um, <clears throat> 933 and 560 KWTO. <clears throat> if I'm sounding at all a little different today, uh, I don't know if I am or not. I'm at the Lake of the Ozarks. I've been telling you about that all morning. I'm uh, down here at, um, uh, up here, I guess, at Margaritaville. Jimmy Buffett's place used to be Tantara. I'm here for the Missouri Association of Fire Protection Districts. There we go. That's what we're doing. That's right. That's what we're doing today. The only problem is. Yeah, I'll be doing that all day because we're going to be stuck in a conference room all day. <laughs> Not on the golf course where I should be. Uh, you know, it's okay, though. This is a great organization. I'm very uh, proud to be a part of it. It's one of the kind of the vestiges, kind of the legacies of my law career, which was 20 years long. And uh, the MAFPD, this, these groups of – so the MAFPD is a statewide association. It's a volunteer association, and it's open to all fire protection districts and um, – and uh, fire departments, and there we've got. I think they said we have over over uh, close to ninety attendees this year from all across the state. Each one representing a different district or department. That's really wonderful. I saw. I've seen a ton of fire vehicles here this morning, <clears throat> and last night when we pulled in, I saw Nixa. Nixa's here. Um, I don't know who else is here from Southwest Missouri, but I definitely saw Nixa, and there's some other folks as well. 
sauce and bread from all over. Anyway, this is a conference. I used to, um, I, my old, one of my old partners and I, one of my old law partners and I, we used to provide the legal representation and we would help with this conference. Well, I stopped practicing law when I transitioned out of the, ooh, Tim transitioned, uh, out of the, uh, <laughs> I transitioned out of being a legislator, um, uh, out of, <laughs> out of the legislature um, into more of government affairs, public policy, political consulting, communications, radio work. And so I, I basically wrapped up most of my legal work. <clears throat> the one client <clears throat> that has not let me <clears> – <throat> sorry. I'll tell you what, this summer, man, with the allergies that keep kicking, the, um, the, one, the one client that hasn't let me go has been <clears> – I'm sorry, folks. Worthington, <clears throat> it's to- your job. I'm trying to clear my throat. <clears throat> I may have to get some water here in a second. It's almost break time. Let me try to get through this. <clears throat> there we go. Has been the MAFPD. My good friend, Chief Greg Brown from Eureka, runs the MAFPD. So my my former law partner, Joy, she still provides the legal representation. I help Greg put on the conference every year. So we have speakers. We cover legal topics. We cover public policy topics. We do a little bit of politics. We try not to be. This is a bipartisan, nonpartisan organization. So we don't get like too political. But I, uh, I, I have so many political contacts that they're like, hey, can you get the – we've had the attorney general speak before at this conference. We've had lieutenant governors. We've had secretary of states. Shane Scholler came a couple of years ago and spoke at this conference about electoral stuff. I've got Missouri State Senator Nick Schroer here um, this weekend. So – I help manage, put together the conference. I do, I do a presentation. I will talk about election 2024 because a lot of these folks, you know, most of these folks, some of them are politically minded, but a lot of them, they're just doing, they're working really hard for us, right? They, they're working really hard, keeping us safe, putting out fires, rescuing people, uh, keeping us safe, and they don't have time to follow things. So I've been told they really like hearing from me every year. So that's why I keep coming down here. Yeah, it's a weekend away from the family and home and all that and doing the radio show remotely, but I think it's worth it. I think it's part of my... Part of my giving back to you all in the community. All right. <clears throat> when we come back, we will shift gears quite a bit and we will speak talk. We've been talking about some natural disasters this morning. We're going to talk to Ethan Forhats, who's going to join us, of course, from Convoy of Hope. Talk about all of the spring storms and natural disasters here in our country and get an update from him about the disaster in Turkey last year, the big earthquake, all the things that Convoy of Hope Springfield's Convoy of Hope is doing around the globe and in our backyard to help all of us get back on our feet. Convoyofhope.org. Ethan will join us next here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. We were getting reports of a crash along I-44 somewhere around the Kansas Expressway exit. No specific lane information coming in on that one at this time, but uh, watch for... 3 and AM 560. That was the old regime. Who's going to go to jail for this? KWTO. Listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. And welcome back to 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. It is Friday. It is Friday, June 23rd, 2023, 8.19 in the AM Central Daylight Time. First full weekend of summer. Hope you have a great and very safe summer weekend. Talking about folks who try to bring some safety, some security 
some help, and some hope. We've got Ethan Forhats in studio once again with us of Convoy of Hope, convoyofhope.org. Ethan, good morning to you. Thanks so much for joining us today. I know you're an extremely busy fellow these days. Hey, good morning to you, Tim. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Been, so Ethan, it has been you know, a busy time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Ethan, I, I think a lot of us may not realize that because thankfully – we did not have uh, horrific weather here in our listening area, and most of Missouri was largely spared through the spring storms. I know, yeah. uh, you know, we got some we got some some hail and some severe weather, but thankfully the tornadic activity was little to none this year. But Ethan, a lot of folks around us uh, were not so lucky, right? And we had some pretty significant. Uh, natural disasters occurred throughout the spring in other parts of the U.S., didn't we? Yeah, it's interesting how this spring uh, shook out. Uh, early on in the spring, we had a spate where it was like three weekends in a row. We had uh, fatal tornadoes, big tornadoes that hit Mississippi and Arkansas and all the way up to Indiana. So we were all over the place helping with that. And then everything got quiet for several weeks until last week. And then, mm. boy, it really picked up again on Thursday of last week. That was the first system of this new wave. We had tornadoes down in Texas. Uh, that was a storm system that moved all across the south into Florida. So we were then working in Perryton, Texas, uh, and Longview, Texas, and Winsboro, Texas, and then over in Pensacola, Florida. And it's interesting in those storms, it was the same storm system, but the damage was different. In Texas, it was mainly wind damage from the tornadoes. Uh, so in Perryton, for example, we were sending different things to different places. In Perryton, we were s- sending tarps and totes and clean up because people's roofs were partially blown off, that sort of thing. They needed help cleaning up and getting back on their feet a little bit. In Longview, Texas, it was interesting because a power plant suffered a direct hit. So power was out for several days there. So as a result, stores were closed. We were we were providing food and water, just the basic necessities uh, to help people get through until the power came back on. Uh, and that was the same in Winsboro, Texas. And then over in Pensacola, while a tornado hit there and there was some damage as a result of the wind, the biggest issue there was the flash flooding that happened. So flood water got into people's houses. So a lot of what we were sending there was cleaning supplies uh, because if you've ever experienced flooding, that water very quickly gets into your house. It's there for a few hours and then it's gone and you're left with a huge mess. So a lot of cleaning supplies are needed there. Uh, and then... <laughs> that was just Thursday and Friday of last week. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, we had a second system move in on Saturday and Sunday. That was a derecho type event that happened in the Tulsa area. So we sent supplies to Sand Springs, Oklahoma, um, distributing food because grocery stores were without power. So food was the major necessity there for people in Tulsa in that area. Uh, and then on Monday of this week, we had more severe weather. That happened in Mississippi. Uh, and Convoy was working in Pascagoula, Mississippi, Moss Point, delivering food and essential supplies, water, that sort of thing. And then again, uh, on, uh, I think Wednesday of this week, yeah. we had our, uh, another tornado hit Texas and that was four fatalities. So it has been a very busy several days for Convoy of Hope and, and for the poor people experiencing these, these tornadoes and this devastation. And, and Ethan, just talk about the, the coordination because, uh, and most of these are, Convoy has a very short term stay because you're trying to get people back on their feet. Right. It's not like the earthquake in Turkey, for example. Correct. But yet, how, how difficult is it to coordinate some of these because they just keep happening? And, you know, even after you sent us this email on Tuesday talking about all the efforts that are underway, as you mentioned on Wednesday, we had that Texas uh, tornado 
Uh, that was uh, 280 miles northwest yeah. of Dallas uh, in uh, the Matador community that killed right. four people. Right. It, these things just have kept coming this week. How do you coordinate? Well, it's really strange, too, in Texas to have tornadoes this time of year. Usually right. it's way too hot right. in Texas this time. So it's been strange, for sure. El Nino year. I blame everything on El Nino, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, coordination is is what we do. We're, we have a, an incredible disaster services team that understands coordination that is they live it so they're all they're like firefighters ready for the bell to ring you got a map up here right they have a map map we're watching all the weather channels all the time so they know when the recipe is ripe for tornadoes so they're already in place prepared for what may happen and of course that happens with hurricanes too and we're watching some activity in the gulf now um so the, the, then the coordination kicks into all our partners on the ground. So we're, and a lot of who we partner with are churches across the country because there are, think about it, there are several churches in every community across the country. They become our eyes and ears on the ground. So now we immediately, when we hear a tornado hit someplace, we're on the, on the phone with our contacts in those cities saying, Hey, what's happening? What are you seeing? Do you need us? Does somebody down the road need us more? And they'll give us an honest opinion about what the situation looks like. And that's where we start. We start moving toward with our supply toward that area. What do you need? How much do you need? And then we can call audibles on the way if another community needs us more, if the tornado hits somewhere else. But we're already on the way moving that direction. And these are churches, Ethan, that... Uh, you're very familiar with to begin with because uh, over the years you've coordinated with a lot of these churches and these smaller communities we have and they know convoy of hope and they know yeah. that and they know what you guys do yeah and that it makes it a really good relationship because then once we get to town we can call on that church's volunteers to help us with the distribution so we resource we supply and we manage the distributions but we don't have to move into town with an army of our own now following a hurricane sometimes we do with 20 sure. 25 people but most of the time it's just a few people to uh, run the distribution, show them how to do it. And then the volunteers from that church show up. They put on Convoy of Hope t-shirts. And then what's great is it's neighbor helping neighbor. It's the community serving the community. Convoy of Hope is just resourcing all of it. So we're not the yeah. heroes in it. We're just supplying it. And then once you, your work is done in one community, then, uh, you know, there are other communities that pop up and you can just uh, spend more time working on those communities. Absolutely. Yeah. We can move our resources to where they're needed most. Uh, and then another thing that's great about our relationship with churches is that once, once Convoy of Hope leaves a city, whether that's two days, two weeks, two months, two years down the road, depending mm-hmm. on the severity of the disaster, the church is still going to be there to minister to the needs of the community in a greater way. So it's a really great uh, system the convoy has. Uh, that derecho that hit the Tulsa area, yeah. uh, I was monitoring because we were expecting severe weather in the Ozarks as well uh, that night, and we got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We, we didn't get it to the extent they got it over in the Tulsa area. And even into extreme northeast Oklahoma and even around that around McDonald Newton County, they had some damaging winds. Yeah. But the, the I saw a measured gust of a hundred miles per hour in the Tulsa area. These were some mean winds. Yeah, it's crazy. I had a friend. I was just talking about that derecho, and I had a friend who was on the phone with her mom who lived in that area, and she her mom said, "I got to go. I don't know what's happening, but the house is shaking." And it, I, she looked at the radar. There wasn't there wasn't a tornado or anything. She said, "I don't know what's happening, but it's really strong wind." And it ended up being a derecho. And, and people here in the Ozarks remember. I, I forget which year you may remember. Yep. We had a derecho we here, did. and it yep. was such a, a strange weather phenomenon. But it was very very serious. It was, and uh, luckily for us, on Saturday night into Sunday morning, those storms as they continued to move into the Ozarks. Uh, began to weaken. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but boy, those folks, even along I-49, uh, got quite a bit of bad weather. So, Ethan, uh, you mentioned the difference. Uh, it, it all depends on the effects of the storm that hits these areas because 
wind damage and flood damage, you, you treat two different ways. Absolutely. And that's one of the great things Convoy of Hope does. We're, we're, we're listening. We're, we understand what the situation is and we want to understand. And that's where our people on the ground are, are able to help us so much in telling us what's needed because we don't want to send a bunch of items that aren't needed. We want to, you know, just because, well, that's what we send to a disaster. People always need this. Right. Well, that's not necessarily true. You know, water is a staple that we always send. Right. Uh, and, and, and some amounts of food. But a lot of times when it's, when it's flooding, Every, the stores are open for the most part. People can still go and live their sure, lives. Sure, sure. But if your house was flash flooded, you got a mess on your hands. So it's mm-hmm. a different situation. We want to send people what they need, not just what is the recipe for, okay, this is happening. Let's send this. Uh, I know Tim wanted to ask you about some other uh, ongoing yeah. operations that Convoy's involved in. You bet. Yeah. Could you give us an update? I, I remember uh, just a few months ago, we talked about some uh, the, the horrific earthquake over yeah. in, I think it was Turkey, Tur- Syria yep. area. Yep. How has that effort been going? That's a daily struggle. Uh, the convoy is still mm-hmm. fighting that battle every day. And it, it's, it's such a sad situation for the people there because the structures aren't being rebuilt very quickly. Uh, mm. So they're living in tents. They're living in under tarps. So we have sent a ton of tents and tarps and it's it's warming up over there now we we were doing that through the winter initially and we were sending blankets and sleeping bags because people number one had their houses destroyed uh mm-hmm. and the people who who didn't have their homes destroyed they were scared to go back into their homes because a lot of it was was tall apartment buildings uh mm-hmm. that you know were were maybe not constructed as well as they could have been to begin with so now they're they're rickety in the chance of, of all these aftershocks. Well, more than 10,000 aftershocks happened. So every time one of those happened, the people thought it was happening all over again. You didn't know how serious it was going to be. And a lot of buildings fell at, during the aftershocks because they were so weakened by the initial earthquakes. So uh, it's it's really a tough situation over there. Mm-hmm. People, uh, there are mm-hmm. tent cities everywhere. That's really what you see as you move around some areas of Turkey and Syria. And we were thankful to be able to get into Syria. Uh, that They dropped the sanctions so that we could get in legally and help the people of syria we don't know when those are going to go back in uh so it's it's a tenuous situation but we continue to send help over there on a regular basis ethan uh, we talked about convoy of hope.org and that is uh that's where where you go to to donate money to convoy of hope so they can continue to do these responses across the world but mm-hmm. i gotta brag on your news section on that site I mean, uh, you have updates and you have timeline updates. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking at the one for Pensacola, Florida, you know, June 20th, 4.08 p.m. Distribution continues. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a timeline and you do a really good job of recapping your efforts in each of these communities. So people will know exactly where their dollars are going. You know, that's something that's important to us, stewardship and accountability. We want people to understand where their dollars are going, so we do keep our news section updated very well. That's part of what I do. You kind of have a little background in that from <laughs> I do. what I remember. I do. So, I, you know, I understand the importance of updating people with what we're doing. They want to know, and we're doing a lot. So we have a lot to talk about, whether it's in Texas or Mississippi or Florida or Turkey or Syria or still in Ukraine. We've got a lot to talk about. And then on top of that, we feed more than 530,000 kids every school day around the world. So we got a lot going on at Convoy of Hope. But people can, yeah, go there and you can keep keep up to date daily on what it is Convoy's doing and where. 
And again, the best way to support your efforts is to donate to Convoy of Hope because you can take those dollars and really stretch them. Yeah, we can stretch them at least five times further than you'd be able to on your own through our great corporate Mm. relationships and partnerships. And we can get it to where it's needed. We have the transportation abilities to do that with our our fleets of trucks. So, yeah, the best thing to do is is to help us financially uh, because, you know, we're always waiting for that next disaster. And it's a matter of time before there's another major disaster. We want to be ready to help. Our goal is to always help as many people as we can for as long as we can and the the reality of that is it comes down to donations it does ethan thank you so much thank you appreciate you guys thanks so much ethan folks uh as you can tell the need is great and ongoing convoyofhope.org if you can help convoyofhope.org we'll have ethan back on again i know real soon for another and continuing update all right 831 in the heartland don luzader with all the local news you need to know then when we come back we can take your phone calls 417-866-0933 417-866-0933 lots more straight ahead 93.3 am 560 kwto 93.3 and am 560 kwto news KWTO News Time is 8.31. An investigation underway in Springfield after a home was hit by gunfire Thursday night. Police say folks in the University Street National Area heard gunshots just before 10.30. Uh, authorities later found a house in the 1700 block of South Fremont that it had been hit by gunfire. Luckily, no injuries reported. The suspected shooter left the area, so uh, police are looking for leads. If you have any information on that incident, you're asked to call the Springfield Police Department. There will soon be some major improvements to a stretch of highway between Green and Christian counties. Don Modot will start improvements on State Highway 160 in July. There will be an emphasis on improving the intersections at Route Double C and Route Double A. That project will cost $10.8 million. A public meeting will be held next Tuesday at Nixa City Hall to discuss the project. Ryan Houseworth, Zimmer News Network. A woman is dead after a car crash on River Road east of Joplin. The Highway Patrol says a car ran off the road on a curve Wednesday night and struck a concrete pillar. Passenger in that vehicle, 20-year-old Liberty Fowler from Joplin, was pronounced dead at the scene. The driver was hospitalized with minor injuries. And Cox Health says a vendor it uses was hacked and patient information may have been compromised. Cox officials say hackers targeted file transfer software used by IntelliHearts, LLC. Legal aliens have been released into our communities. 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO. is overwhelming, uh, whether it be in the Department of Justice, the IRS, or the FBI, that this Department of Justice uh, has consistently tried to do everything to cover up criminal activity by the Biden family. Yes, that's exactly true. I mean, I've, I've been reading you the extremely lengthy soliloquy from Congressman Jason Smith all morning this morning and Congressman Eric Burleson backed all of that up and corroborated it. We and and if you don't if you don't like either of them because they're Republican congressmen, then how about the two whistleblowers from whence they've obtained 
all of this information. It's all coming from people on the inside of the deep state. The deep state is now blowing the whistle on itself. For the love of all things, you would think that there would be some intrepid reporters out there that would want to talk about the height of criminal, alleged criminal corruption at the White House. But of course, because it's a Democrat purveying, uh, propagating the left-wing liberal narrative, then of course they are sacrosanct. Welcome back to 93.3 M560 KWTO. I'm trying to get back to this, um, this uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, what I was reading to you from jason smith and i accidentally went off of his twitter page so i need to get back to his timeline here oh here it is i've got the thread right here let's see i was pretty far down this thread but there was still a lot more to get to let me try to get through some more of this uh, okay we did that we read the text message from hunter uh jason goes on to say texts like these the one from hunter to the uh co communist uh party oligarch about the hundred thousand dollars to joe biden Texts like these make it clear to IRS investigators they needed to conduct a search of Joe Biden's guest house where Hunter was living. Investigators were told there's no way it's going to get approved. Uh, okay, I did that one. I did that one. Okay, um, okay, we did that. Uh, let's see. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Um, okay. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Um, Americans expect a justice system that protects whistleblowers and is honest and fair no matter who you are, even if your dad is the president. Sadly, it seems the federal government has two different tiers of justice. Americans truly deserve better. Read the whistleblower's testimony here. So if you don't want to accept any of the analysis that I have been providing you courtesy of Congressman Jason Smith's Twitter feed, you can go directly to the House Ways and Means Committee at ways and means all spelled out ways and means.house.gov and you can read the direct testimony under oath under penalty of perjury so help me god of the irs employees that have revealed that the biden irs and the biden doj have interfered with the investigation of hunter biden and has nothing to do with crackhead joe's son Crackhead Joe, Crackhead Hunter. It has nothing to do with Crackhead Hunter and all of the lollygagging and philandering that he's been doing around the globe. It has to do with Joe Biden's involvement. Why do you think that they, no one gives a rip about Hunter Biden. I'm sorry to say, what a sorry human being. You know, cokehead, crackhead, whoremonger. No one cares. He, he's a whore, he's, he's got baby mamas all over the planet. But, you know, it's, it's a sad, tragic human being, but that has nothing to do with the political stuff. That is Joe Biden, but Hunter Biden is the willing accomplice. He's the patsy. So you got to protect Hunter so you can't get to Joe. Do you see how this is all working out? I got time maybe for a phone call or two. We'll see what we can squeeze in here. Uh, Cass, do we have, um, is it Ann that's on the line? It is Anne. Anne, good morning to you. Welcome to KWTO. Go right ahead. Hi, Jim. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can. Yeah. I call every time somebody brings up the subject of disaster, disasters, and I applaud the efforts of the gentleman you spoke with, but wouldn't it be better to help people before disaster happens? Brief, well, try and be as brief as possible. There are construction techniques that have existed for many, many years. Concrete, re reinforced concrete structures uh, that's existed that we can employ right now, yet we continue to build with a cracker jack box. <laughs> Building techniques 
whenever a disaster happens, people lose their homes. We continue to do this over and over again. We get the same results. Dead people, devastated communities. Could somebody please explain to me, because I've, I've had efforts probably over 25 years uh, to legislators like you, Governor Parson, and on and on and on. The only person who listened, because I used to live in Florence, Missouri, we moved here two years ago, was Mayor Robert uh, Lowry in Florence. Mm. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, he didn't re- run for re-election. Nobody seems to listen. Nobody seems that I can, you know, uh, determine care that we could rebuild, stop people. This could literally save people's lives, yet nobody seems to care to try it. So I don't understand it. Let's save people before the disaster happens, not after. And it's possible. Mm-hmm. It is totally possible right now as we speak. I'll send you any and every information that you want to prove that this technology exists, yet nobody wants to do it. Um, what do you think that is? I already know what it is. It's reinforced concrete it? structures. No, I'll no, no. Why, why do you think – why do you – why do you think no one wants to do this? Why is no one listening to you? I send them information, CDs of the building, uh, ex- explanation of how, how this technology can do what it does, and then I hear mm-hmm. nothing from people afterwards. I think it's just... Is it because... Do you think it's cost? No, it's comparable to standard um, building techniques. Mm. So it okay. can't be the cost. Um, but like I said... I need, I work for none of these companies. I admire their technology. I would have some of this if I could afford it right now. It's not because it's, it costs too much. You can do this, you know, and not be over budget. But um, All right. well, I, I appreciate you bringing it don't. to our attention. I think you got to keep lobbying the local officials who are the ones who do the, the, the building and zoning codes. Hey, thanks, Ann, for calling. Appreciate it very much. Um, I can squeeze Dennis in here real quickly if he's still there. Dennis, go right ahead. We've got about a minute left. Go right ahead. Yeah, I'm going to propose uh, ending corruption in the United States. Just pass okay. a bill called the, Bi- the Biden yeah. bill, where any okay. crime that he's committed, I can commit. Everyone commit. Everyone would be treated fairly. You know? Oh, and I do know a little bit about the construction industry. The yes. cost. The cost of those oh. homes is almost double. Or everyone would be building them. Everyone would be mm-hmm. building them. The cost is almost double. Concrete's $185 a cubic yard now. It's outrageous. You yeah. can't insulate it. It's just as cold inside as outside. It's just as hot inside as outside. Uh, it's the expense. And that's 52 yeah. years of knowledge. Well, that's it's what amazing. I was the It's case. amazing what people don't know. It's kind of like I priced solar on my house. 28 years. 28 years of utility bills is what they want to put solar on my house. It's the mm-hmm. cost. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, yeah, I thought, the, that, I thought the, that might be the case. Dennis, thank you so much. We got a roll. We may have to have Ann and Dennis in a cage match in the octagon, like what Elon Musk and, and Mark Zuckerberg are going to do. Yeah, did you hear about that, folks? We'll cover that in the morning dump when we wrap things up, everything you need to know when we return here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic. From the KWTO Traffic Center. Still getting reports of a non-injury crash on I-44 in the vicinity of Kansas Expressway. Still no uh, firm lane information on that one. We do have a non-injury wreck.
Springfield. ZimmerCommunications.com, your marketing resource in southwest Missouri. ZimmerCommunications.com. Every day in America, nearly 300 young people will die from fentanyl. We will support increased funding for border patrol. News, analysis, opinion. This is a crisis. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. A cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right, and the radio The morning, morning dump. dump. Morning dump. <laughs> it's especially exciting on a Friday. Yes, time to uh, let it all out. That's that's for sure. <laughs> yes, we did. Don, you've been reporting all the morning about an update on the College of the Ozarks case that we've been following for man. It seems like a. Uh year or two i, I want to say at least a year and my a very honor my yeah. home for four years so the supreme Go. court has declined to hear the case of college of the ozarks against the biden administration um, mm. uh, this re- involves a rule that requires uh, the college to open its dorms including dorm rooms and shared so- shower spaces to members of the opposite <clears throat> sex or face fines of up to six figures punitive damages attorney's fees uh, Alliance Defending Freedom uh, attorneys represented College of the Ozarks. They had asked the high court to review a decision by uh, the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals that had concluded the Christian college cannot sue the Biden administration to challenge this rule. Well, yesterday, the Supreme Court denied the college's petition for review. Uh, so the Eighth Circuit decision, and uh, actually a couple of days ago they did this. So the Eighth Circuit decision and the Biden administration's coercive rule remain in place uh college of the ozarks president brad johnson says we are committed to defending our religious liberty as a christian college this was not the outcome we were hoping for but johnson says we do believe that our willingness to push back caused a reaffirmation and solidification of our title nine exemption as a religious institution and he also says our willingness to push back on the biden administration helped trigger a retreat by the federal government from aggressively enforcing this policy so they didn't win but also they won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes you take what you can get in the legal world and you might not be, it's the old stone song. You can't always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. It sounds like that's kind of their position at C of O. It is the end of that saga though. Yes. At least for now. Yes. At least for now. Another interesting topic we uh, are often cover are is radio. Uh, we had uh, we had the young lady on from Missouri State a couple of weeks ago about the history of radio. Well, the Polk County Amateur Radio Club has an event coming up yep. tomorrow. Folks yep. might be interested in. Well, my friend Brad Stowe, who is uh, very involved in this organization, and uh, mm-hmm. Brad is someone who, um, as I look at severe weather coverage uh, when we have it, uh, he is on the chat room from the National Weather Service. Uh, giving updates. Amateur radio plays a very important role uh, in uh, in disasters and and in monitoring severe weather. So they're having an event tomorrow. Uh, it is designed to allow amateur radio operators to set up their equipment and to operate on emergency power uh, generators, solo uh, solar, and so on to simulate a deployment. Uh, the event's designed to allow the public to see what amateur radio operators do. 
and to show the benefits of amateur radio during natural or man-made disasters when other communication means are either down or extremely busy. Uh, so the event is also an opportunity for the public to take a look at the radios, to listen, and maybe even make contacts with people around the world as a third-party operator. The event will be held at Dunnigan Memorial Park in Bolivar. Some members of the club will start setting up at roughly 9 in the morning, and they will go until about 6 or 7 in the evening, or until Brad says, we get tired, whichever comes first. So nice event, <laughs> and, uh, and if you're interested in, in, in amateur radio, this is, uh, this is a good way to get involved. Absolutely, indeedy. Cass, what are you up to uh, this weekend, or what do you have for the good of the order here before we wrap the show up today? <sighs> I have that... Where to begin, huh? <laughs> Ted Cruz is standing up for Riley Gaines because she kind of tried... They, they kind of tried to um, make her sound illegitimate in her Senate hearing with all of the transgender men and women sports things. And Ted Cruz says, quote, to the person that was, um, you know, talking like very negatively towards Riley Gaines to another senator. He said, quote, if you can't define a difference between women and men, why not abolish women's supports and just tell little girls to go swim with the little boys and see who's who wins? And then this other senator, Senator Robinson, just responded again, backed up what he said. Sex is different than gender. That's what they're standing on. Sex is different than gender. And that's like the whole point of what we're trying to do is is combat that narrative. And so I appreciated Ted Cruz standing up for Riley Gaines against his fellow senator. That's my dump for mm-hmm. the day. Mm-hmm. Very good, excellent. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that inter- interchange. And Riley Gaines did a great job owning whoever was being stupid about you know saying that women can beat men. She's like, no. She's like, I'm a world class swimmer, and my husband is also a swimmer. But he was not top of the ticket in his sport. But she said, if I race my husband, he beats me every time. You know, when you get to that level, when you get to that level, the men are going to beat the women 99 million times out of 100, probably. Hey, got some interesting information here on uh, from the U.S. Senate front regarding Josh Hawley. This is interesting. Uh, and I saw this yesterday when it first came across the wires. U.S. Senator Josh Hawley has announced that Sam Saffa who's a really good friend of mine. I'm so excited for Sam. Sam left to go into government affairs for about a year, and he must have not enjoyed it as much as he thought he would. He's back. I'm really excited about this. Great, great news. Uh, Sam Saffa is rejoining the Hawley office as Missouri chief of staff. Saffa will replace Daniel Hartman, who was with Josh from the very beginning, who departs in July for a new opportunity after years of outstanding service. Senator Hawley also announced that Matt Bain and Hunter Kelly will take on new roles as deputy state directors. Bain and Kelly currently serve as district directors for Southeast Missouri and the Kansas City regions, respectively. So Sam will be like, Sam will be like chief of staff in the state. And then they have a, they have a chief of staff in DC as well. Senate offices are very large, of course, because they can cover, they cover here of all. That is our, that, that, is don't see is all of the constituent services that are done by congressional offices that is boring to to us it's important i think we just pretty much lost him altogether tim um you you cut out and uh we're we're getting pretty bad reception from you there so um we have a couple minutes left, Cass. 
I want. I just want to say something about the College of the Ozarks situation yes. real quick as an alumni. Uh, I do think that at the end of the day, an organization like that is not going to have to deal with the situation that they are. Um, I think that they're standing on principle more than an actual situation that they're thinking they have to deal with because there's not going to be a lot of transgender kids wanting to go to a patriotic Christian conservative right. college. But I do appreciate the fact that they're using their platform to stand up for principle and maybe be the voice for other schools who might actually have to deal with that situation in real life. Um, but in my whole time of being at CFO for four years, I never came across a transgender student. And if they were openly transgender, I'm pretty sure they would probably be dismissed from the school. But I did come across students who came out as gay or transgender after they graduated. So I think what they're going to end up having to deal with is a lot of students who are in the closet during school and then come out of the closet after they graduate, or they're just going to drop out. A lot of those students who were gay or on the LGBTQ fill in the blank, they end up just dropping out of CFO. Yeah, and that's uh, that's unfortunate. The uh, current ruling the college has could jeopardize its ability to function, cause emotional harm to students who rely on the college's housing policies and to dissuade Christian students from attending the college. That was from the petition filed with the U.S. Supreme Court. Tim, we're going to let you uh, get back on and say goodbye if we can hear you okay. Am I back? <laughs> You're back. All right. Everybody's waking up at the lake and logging onto their computers, I think. So this is a perfect time for us to wrap up the show indeed. 8.58 here in the heartland. All have a, Y'all have a great, wonderful weekend. We'll see you Friday morning. We'll be back here at 5.35 out of the gates. In the meantime, the Gary Nolan Show is up next. Joe Pags later on in the day. Before that, we got, of course, got Dan Bongino, Clay Travis Buck, Sexton, the Elijah Har Show, Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America, and, of course, Cass has got Uncommon Sense with Cass tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. 933 and 560 KWTO. Our local communities by providing local, accurate, reliable news you can count on as it happens. Get the latest news, weather, and traffic from our trusted news team of Brian Houseworth, Don Luzader, and John Marsh. Keeping our commitment to serving you with information you want, news you need. We 